hello, and Let's broadcasting go, from the beautiful oh, central on. coast of California. Yeah, no fuckery. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. I worry about more post editing. No uploading at night. If we're out of balance, so. yeah. Let's just record, and then I'll export it on my. Uh, I'm fucking out. Of here. Yeah. We're fucking out of here. I'm we're sorry. gonna partier the part-tier. fuck out of here. Hell's to be yeah. Oh, got pop up. What's up? Oh. You just start your browser. How about no? Alright, we're still good. Fucking pop up. I'll see how long it goes for I have to take a good shit. Alright. Oh, sorry listeners. How's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Triple D radio show with their boys and hosts. James and Edward. Edward, what's good? How's it going, everybody? I'm Edward. Well, we've got a we've got a fun little show for you today. We have, of course, uh, with our lovely timestamps. Yep, in the top of our description. I keep saying in the beginning, but I'm like, yeah, like I'm spitting out the timestamps yeah, in the beginning. No, it's in the because you can just predict the future and know where they are. Uh, no, it's in the description at the top. Hopefully, yeah. I usually put them. At the top. Yes, you do. But break down the show for us. So we've got Hot or Not, which we do have a Hot or Not from Jake. Yes. Good friend Jake. Yes. I asked for that yesterday in the morning. When did he get it to you? Oh, he got it to me that yesterday. Oh, okay. Good. I'm more I'm more pissed at us because fuck it took us to get here. And then... Uh, well, we, blame life. Yeah, we've got the CAR, Classic Album Review, still on the Metallica Road. And we're going to be talking about... And Justice for All, the fifth record, the fourth record, shit, a.k.a. Rift Soup City, baby. Rift Soup City or Progtalica. 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 And then we're going to finish off with a movie from that same year, Blood Sports. You know, I remember we first talked about watching They Live, but then I remember, yeah. then we mentioned Blood Sport, and I totally forgot when I saw a picture of They Live. I was like, oh, and I think we wanted to watch that, but I'm like... And we almost watched Action Jackson. Eh, there was that, too. I don't know. Would you prefer to watch Blood Sport or They Live? See, hindsight... I've, hindsight, I might have still gone with Blood Sport just because I already know They Live. I already love They Live. And we would have had fun with it. But Blood Sport, you know, that taps into our 80s action cheese that we love so much. So I feel like in some cosmic way, it, this is the better choice. If it's our show... Not saying they live doesn't, but you know. And yeah, it was interesting. Uh, how was your week? Uh, um, trying to think with my week for the most part, getting podcasts done. Everything was pretty smooth, except my Friday was fucked. So mm-hmm. we were supposed to record on Friday after I get off work, so it gave us time today when we met met up. We can go down to our trek down south, but no. What happened was. I got started asking for overtime and I then contacted a good host Ed. I'm like, hey, seems like I'm going to be catching some overtime, helping out. Maybe. I don't know. Because I was stuck in a fucking job in this goddamn spit of a town called Lockwood. That's just like an hour. Oh, of, dude, it's an hour of fucking. Dude, it's like 50 minutes, an hour away from like Paso Robles. Oh, shit. It's like fucking out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And this job was for whatever fucking reason. Well, I know the reason. I wanted to not replace the antenna, but I could not get into it. And then when I tried to reset it, it just was not happening. So then I had to build the antenna. But the antenna I had on me, it been burgled to most likely for like spare parts to set up another antenna. So on the spot, I had to fucking finagle an antenna together for this fucking customer just to finally get something that we can access into. 
just then I had to wait to an engineer to set that up for the router for this person. This job took forever. And then I had to catch all the fucking like I had to because I was asked to go help on a friggin' on a nut like help set up a link for a tower, which that turned into when I showed up, we had to like automatically unload the trailer because we had to go mob down an hour down south the other direction to go catch a tower that was that was supposedly off. So I had to do it, but since it's also up in this fucking hill, we had to take our like little off-roading Polaris, which fucking, so that turned into a fucking night like off-roading trip. And when we got to the tower, it was on. We don't know what the fuck happened with how it glitched out, but it was working. It was on. So I was like, dude, what the fuck? So basically I didn't get home till like nine, putting in like almost a 12 hour fucking work day, which I didn't stop grinding. I wanted to get myself a nice meal. I just ended up going to Dave's. As a Friday night, just fuck off treat. Did some like Uber deliveries to pay for like the trip that for this weekend that me and Ed are doing. Then that. The fucking today. My band practice got postponed back. Yo, can you close the door? Oh, yeah. I think there's going to be busy bodies. I don't need to be screaming into the hallway. Like, like my freaking guitar player, they were going to get a piercing. Their appointment was at 2.30. Oh, yeah. They didn't get that shit till 4.30. What? And it's not them. It was this fucking spot. For whatever reason, they're fucking slam. And I have I've dealt with like these tattoo piercing spots before, mm-hmm. where you do something, and then shit just takes for fucking ever. God. And I fucking will miss shit, or fucking shit just falls behind because these fucking tattoo piercing bros just take for fucking ever. True. Oh, they yeah. do need to take it. They do need to take their sweet time. But can you fucking schedule your shit right? Fuck yeah. you. I th- I truly think that's a lot of the issue. Just coming from a family that has a lot of piercings, more tattoos than piercings, but similar things. Yeah, they overbook themselves all the time. They're like, oh yeah, this will take half an hour, but it ends up taking close to an hour, an hour to hour and a half. Just as an example. And that's yeah. the thing. We're like kind of waiting for like my guitar player. It's friggin'. Just a simple piercing up upsize for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Fuck this tattoo shop. We we're supposed wow. to practice earlier. And when we finally got in here, more fuckery. That's why you came in. It's like, well, fuck. Sorry, we've been practicing a little bit. Catch mm-hmm. us. Let us catch a couple more songs. Yeah, so we're yeah, responsible. Yeah. Thank you for like hanging out for that. But do no fuck you fucking tattoo shops. Fuck <laughs> you. God. Always burning my time. No, there was one time yeah. I was going to go to a show. It was the Southern Lord Showcase. And I wanted to catch Gate Creeper because I actually gave a fuck about Gate Creeper at the time. Mm. But Jake was getting a tattoo and that shit was going on for fucking ever. You told this me This tattoo that. bro actually had to stop so he can hang with some bros and like ogle his fucking car outside. And I'm just stuck there because I was Jake's ride. I think I hate fucking tattoo people. What a prick. <laughs> Dude, I fucking hate tattoo people. I think I'm learning this very much well. I get it. Another it's subtype. An exp- yeah, there's another uh, subtype that pisses me off <laughs> or just inconvenient inconveniences me with their bullshit. Yeah. And I get it. Sometimes you, th- what they're doing, I'm sure has to be careful because they're doing so they're doing shit that is basically almost permanent. Yes. yes, there are ways you can remove tattoos and like you can repair piercings. But to an extent. Yes, there is still an extent, though. 
And yeah, no, fucking the fucking snake homie who's got ta- who's like tattooed all face face side, mm-hmm. most likely is the piercing guy. I'm sitting there, it's like, yeah, like he needs to get a fucking laser freaking erasing his face up and shit. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm just saying. So I'm sure there's a careful thing to it, but to fuck your scheduling, you fucking assholes. So yeah, most likely shit just a fucking eating up time. But hey, we're now here to podcast. Yay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to bitch. No, I think it was just by Friday, just turned into a fucked long day. Yeah. Into most likely me getting easy overtime. But a little bit, it was just like, why the fuck? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. As I said, when we got to the tower, it was on. It's like, well, fuck. Now we don't need to do anything. We kind of came out here for nothing kind of thing. But either way, I'm like, I'm collecting overtime, I guess. But I'm like, I wanted a podcast and then we could leave at like an okay time. And I would like to most likely today been able to practice at an okay time yeah fucking god i think i was able to run down that shit pretty quick i'm trying to think if there's anything else that pissed me off i don't think so i'm, I'm trying to think i'm trying to think i don't know you got anything what's grinding your gears um what's been fucking up your week it's fucking up my week um Actually, this is coincidentally, this is one of the few weeks where so far everything's been pretty smooth. It's actually just been me preparing for this weekend and next week because we've got this weekend we got to do. And then next week, there's some hype ass video game shit. Uh, So you're preparing to just be home? Well, sort of. I say sort of because, you know, work and shit. Oh, now I remember. I also that Channel 5 fucking showcase show. Oh, yeah. How was that? Well, it's pretty awesome for the most. I'll say, you know, it was casually <clears> awesome. <throat> so what it was, you can guess a comedy show. If you don't know what Channel 5 is, it's most like it's de- it's a um, it's basically a, I would guess a like friggin journalist, bro, that goes and reviews just like interviews or like reports just basically or just like re- just like friggin um. He showcases. He showcases wacky shit. Yes. So at this show, he's basically, he was showing the like first couple, like he was for, showing the first couple minutes of this movie that he did with Tim and Eric, <clears throat> which is more like a like storyline documentary as he's showing events of like clips from like other videos, but most likely clips and events of him leading up to going to the January 6th friggin' like raid. Oh shit! And it's being freaking distributed by A24. So he has a movie of that, which I guess Tim and Eric are also in it. But also, it's gonna like him documenting him being there for the January six fucking like raid on the Capitol. Wow! So there's that crazy. There was also a video where literally they cannot show even on Patreon because it was just too fucking wild. And it's them like sh- like um going to the Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco. Folsom. Folsom Street Fair. I don't know what that is. It is a fucking BDSM street fair. They literally block off, I guess, a couple blocks. All these vendors with all their fucking sex toys are there, and it's just a free range. The video opens with these three people in this fucking inflatable pool, full of piss, getting pissed on. There is a lady there that was been there long enough where her teeth has already turned yellow. One homie is just fucking trying to catch that shit like fucking rain or like snows falling from the sky. And this other old homie, his hair was yellow. And I don't think it was dyed. And then like literally they were interviewing someone. And then we see the, like this one dude railing this other dude in the butthole just right behind them. I'm like, that's just fucking pornography. They literally cannot put that on Patreon. 
I can understand oh, why it, there might be some issues uploading that to YouTube or Patreon. Yes. yes it's, it, it was fucking wild. And they're like, this is here's our last. They might have trouble uploading that on Pornhub. I don't think so. Well, okay, no. Maybe not. I don't I'm think surprised it was they any... didn't try to distribute it there. Yeah, no, they were just like, but there was like some funny ass fucking shit that too. There's just literally this one homie. He's just sitting on top of a mailbox wearing a mask, just jacking his fucking schlong. Okay. And they literally ask him, hey, what are you doing here? I'm just sitting t- sitting on top here, jacking my meat. So what do you think of the Folsom Street Fair? It's like the one time I could just kind of sit out in public and just jack my meat. And it's literally, no, one dude's like, yeah, I'm just walking through to go to see my probation officer. And then he's like, he had to walk through this fucking gnarly sex fair. Like literally people out in the open, just fucking freedom of just doing whatever. You're going to watch live sexual acts. This is the Folsom Street Fair. I'm like, oh, my God. Gnarly. Then they also showed a pilot of a cartoon that looks like a total Adult Swim cartoon. That was pretty funny. They're right up Adult Swim's alley. We watched, uh, also, the Hoff Twins came out, performed like three songs. Yo, no, that, that's, that's the, the no, best part. No, that's the thing. They had transitions of where they showed the video of the Folsom Street Fair, and then they like showed the Hoff Twins. Then the Hoff Twins like name came up, and then they came out and just started rapping and shit. How hard did everyone pop for the Hoff Twins? We popped pretty hard. No, the bigger pop was like literally because then they like showed that they also did a documentary on our boy Kelly Johnson. Oh shit! Yeah, you know the homie. I was like, Kobe Bryant was assassinated by the Clintons. By the Clintons, yeah. Kobe Bryant was assassinated by the Clintons. Oh. He's the greatest because he's a reoccurring character. And then obviously, but they have a special documentary because he's also it's like Bill Joyner stole my house. And they literally ask, who's Bill Joyner? And even he doesn't know. He like he's never met Bill Joyner. <laughs> and then like they literally end up as like they have a special documentary where in the end, Andrew and like Kelly are all in freaking like camo garb breaking onto this freaking random compound in Shady Hills, California what to find fuck? Bill Joyner. They're literally like sneaking through his shit. It's like, what the fuck, indeed? Kelly's a guy who I want to know the story to. What happened to that man? That's to get him literally to where the he documentary is? was about. Oh, it's about him. Yeah, it's about him. They made it like a documentary <laughs> about. It's like, how did Kelly become this? How did Kelly become Kelly? No, literally, he's doing a like you know a pro life like protest in front of an abortion clinic. Yeah, and he's also sitting there. It's like, see in there when they take out the babies, they also sell the baby parts. They're like, you can see there's a certain prices. And then he just walks in there. He's like, hey, I want to buy baby parts. How much? Yo, what's the prices on the baby parts? They're like, sir, can you please leave? <laughs> they literally is just like walking a bullshit clip like that. But no, what? then they ta- then they start talking about this kid. Then they like talk. They like interview his daughter and his son and his son, Kyle, which like he goes to school up in Chico State. Oh, okay. And then they like show him throwing a house party. So they're like, also, he invited people, but they also want to channel five people to help him set up a party. So they went to the skate park and met skate park rapper slash skate park, just friggin' lurker legend, Uncle Pill. He's just this thick homie. You just see him just dropping mad bars. But he's like that dude that just hangs out at the skate park, doesn't really skate, but fucking chills down with everyone there. And then he just invited a bunch of people. And there's a fat party at Kyle's pad. Which then end up, you see Uncle Pill is just busting a freestyle. And then some dude got offended what he said. So they got in a fist fight and Uncle Pill fucks him up. And then like the Channel 5 dudes tell Kyle, like Kelly's kid. And he's like, hey, there was a fight that went down. And he's like, was it sick? And he's like, yeah. And they was like, yeah. And he's like, awesome, bet. And then Uncle Pill just came out in the flesh. 
Like you never met, you never seen Uncle Pill, but he was like this dude is like, oh my god, Channel Five now channel another Channel Five character. Channel Five is probably the greatest thing on the internet yeah. right now. Uncle Pill came out, we popped hard. For the record, Jay, I don't know if it's been mentioned on the podcast, but James here is actually pretty big skatehead, at least as far as like culture and stuff. You don't skate much anymore. No, I'm like too old for that. Yeah, because I want to make sure. I'm like, well, I just want to make sure I can drum okay. Fair enough. I focus more on drumming these days than like yeah, yeah. trying to like do it. Whatever. But yeah, no, Uncle Pull came out just fucking rapping full ball of energy. And then once he was done, I can't remember if they showed anything else, but then there was like a five minute intervi- intermission before they started doing questions. So I went to go take a piss, but they closed down the restroom in the Fremont. So I had to go walk around the block to Woodstock's Pizza to take a piss there. And when I'm walking back, Uncle Pills just posted out in front right next to this car that's all graffitied out. There's all these dudes just like, oh, hey, it's Uncle Pill. He's like the legend, the one night legend we met tonight or so, taking pictures of him. But there's also this lady that's just getting down right in front of him, just twerking out. And then like, she just whips out her tits. And then like these dudes just start taking pictures of this shit. I'm like, fuck, dude, I want to get back inside. It's cold out here. <laughs> yeah, this man, yeah, I know, like total lady's like, just whipped out her titties and this homie just bum rest right in front of me with this fucking camera to take pictures like god damn bro and you never still act like act like you see some titties before jesus christ <laughs> and then walked in and they just kind of had like a question and answer but, but like i saw saddam he was there too it was like it was all good shit but yeah i know their movie with tim and eric's gonna be dropping december 30th so look out for that well i'm gonna be fucking there for that shit that's damn, gonna be, bro this is gonna be fucking awesome and then, yeah, he's just sitting there. It's like, yeah, so we just partying at Frog and Peach after this. And I'm sitting there. It's like, fuck, dude. I'm sure it's a war zone. No, it was hilarious because in the room, like, my homie Seb was with me. And they said, like, freaking, dude, this smells like my, like, Tinder's date. My Tinder date's room in here right now. No, it was hilarious because I'm chilling. And then, like, this lady behind me goes up to this dude next to me. And she's like, hey, do you vape? Do you got a vape? And it's like, I'm like, dude. Jesus. It was hilarious. So, yeah, that was just me being able to bullshit, like, just, I had the Channel 5 event, which obviously almost, like, I had to practice in that prior, and we practiced, but it was eating up time, where we, I had to crunch to get over, and when we got there, yeah, they said the show started at 8, but didn't start till late 30, so. Can we just become Channel 5 cast members somehow? I don't know, you fucking. <clears throat> or can we sponsor them? Homie, are you wacky enough to be, like, Uncle Pill? I don't think you're wacky enough to be Uncle no. Pill. No! I don't think Dylan's what. No. Dylan's pretty wacky, no, though. He doesn't have the Uncle Pill energy. Well, he don't Dylan, have ladies just twerking on his fucking schlong, and then <laughs> and then she's whipping her titties out. Well, in the middle, in, like, on the fucking sidewalk. Yeah, we're just like people's like. Damn. I wouldn't say we live in a conservative town, but it's definitely low key. Stuff like that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah unless it's the fucking free ball. But yeah, yeah. yeah, and then yeah, Folsom Street Fair, gnarly shit. Cool. Well, uh, let's get to hard or not before you, the street fair shit makes my stomach turn. Oh yeah, yeah. This kinky music hits a lot different after you told me about the kink fest. The good kink fest, wholesome street fair. Old man pisser. Yeah, yeah, the good old man pisser. All right, Bone Steel, good friend Jake. What'd you share this week? What's the word, Jake? Yeah. Hold it. I didn't even press record. Oh, my goodness. On Jake. I have record on us. Well, obviously. Is a... Oh, my God. A song that I... It's an artist and really into. All right, so this week's hot... Here we go. ...is a song that I've been really into, or just an artist in general. Um, I think... I've, 
I don't remember how I found the song, um, but I know it's big on TikTok, but I'm pretty sure a fucking uh, course. I found it of through course. just Spotify recommending it. No. Um, nah, anyways, TikTok. it just it has my my favorite type of female voice. Uh, I, I kind of like those what, Avril somewhat kind of boyish, um, uh, like lower female tones. And I just I don't know. I think she's got sick voice. I think like that the, the song is hella catchy. It's a good modern well, she had uh, a like rough uh, voice. Um, I don't know. It's TikTok rock. I don't. I don't know what else to call it. It's, it's a good example of like. Hey, you're a fucking boomer. You can't even explain like it. From 20 years ago, but making it sound fresh and new. So, anyways, check it out. Shape shifting, bones. TikTok rock. You know what that reminds me? Of? Did you hear about them confirming the Hercules live action remake? They said it's going to be a musical inspired by TikTok. The director in charge said, and this is a direct fucking quote, this generation has been uh, guided or formed by TikTok. So what would a musical like that look like? I don't know. <laughs> so it's a shape-shifting by who? Taylor Acorn. Acorn. I'm like too scared to fucking take it off. It's pop punk. Yeah. It's TikTok rock, bro. TikTok pop punk. Uh, who is this? It almost, it feels kind of. Okay, yeah, that confirms it. I would say this just sounds like Avril Lavigne. Bruh. This is just. This, this is just, just fucking. This is just an Avril clone. Let's just be real. Man, Avril Lavigne's so good, though. She had people rip her off 20 years ago, Avril and then she had people rip her off 20 years later. Avril Lavigne's so good, Bode still still, like, feels like, that's gonna be my wife. <laughs> I'm gonna become a famous pop punk, bro. Travis Barker's gonna make my song huge. God, do you remember what Bite Me sounded like? Because no. this almost sounds like it a bit. Bro, if I was an ignorant fuck, I would think this is just Avril Lavigne. TBH. I would like to hope Avril is more recognizable than that, but honestly, valid. Well, we still need to rate this as a hot or not. Well, compared to the last song, oh, this, this wasn't a song. The last song. Well, this is an actual song. This person also has 972,960 listeners on Spotify. Not bad. So she exists on a bigger platform. Just kind of there. This seems like a song Bob Seward write. <laughs> oh man. Oh, maybe not. This is a little bit better. <laughs> Why did you dab even though only I can see you? Oh, you said it. <laughs> and, and you can imagine the laugh right there. Well, true. You can visualize it, listeners. Oh, depending on what the music does next, I'm going to try something. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Well, I don't have anything wacky to say or talk shit on Bone Steel with this. Oh, well, lost in the stereo. Oh, well. Ah, what was that song, Jake? So, let me tell you about this. Growing up in the early 90s and 2000s pop punk slash pop rock scene, Jake Bone Steel, I mean, for Taylor Acorn, <laughs> it was never a phase. You mean Bone Steel? Hailing from small north central Pennsylvania, town of Wellsboro, Taylor has, had always dreamed of a career in music and in 2014 dropped out a of Cutstown University pursued just that, setting her sights for Nashville in 2017. 
Jake Bonesto, I mean Taylor Ecorn, that was first left Jake her mark on country out. music world with her 2017 single, put it in a song, followed up by an EP she wrote solely on her own, which now garners nearly... For whatever reason, I can't stop the fucking music. My phone refuses. She first left her mark. Well, I already said that. Okay, where the fuck am I? By an EP she solely wrote on her own, which now garners nearly 300, no, I mean not, 30 million streams on Spotify alone, releasing several singles to follow. However, she never felt at home creating country music and then in the midst of the 2020 pandemic, went back to her pop punk roots with her cover of Jamie All Over on TikTok, sparking the attention of many elder emo fans. You mean Jake Bones? Elder still. emo fans. Yes. As well as Mayday Parade themselves. Since then, she's gained the attention of many emo slash pop punk bands with her newly rendered versions of their songs. Is that the fucking Pop Goes Punk, but in reverse? That's like a that's that's literally the mixture of like the career Jake wanted and low key of Taylor Swift. Because Taylor Swift Wait, started Taylor, country. Yeah, but Taylor Swift also had her fucking dad freaking give money the label, give money to the label. Oh yeah, that's so right. they could also fucking publish her shit. That's right. Yeah, three hundred thousand dollars, baby. And then she dated John Maynard. Not yeah, John Mayard. John Mayer. Yeah. I was trying not to say the guy from Tool. Uh, all right, so anyway. tell us about Bone Steel Levine here. What'd you think? Well, it was a song. Yes. It was definitely a song. I don't know, How's man. How's it popping on TikTok? I mean, well, I mean, I guess I got to give it a not because I can't really give it a hot. It was just, it, it was, there. there wasn't anything offensive about it. Uh, I, there was no point where I was like, Eh, turn this song off. I've heard all I needed to hear, but I also know I uh, yeah I, pro I also know I probably won't listen to it again. Like if it's on, I won't probably turn it off if someone wants to jam it. But yeah, I guess I got to give it a knot. Then it did not uh, impress me. And bro, you said it. I said it. It's just an Avril clone, bro. It, it that's all. It, I don't want to say that's all it is because clearly she has some kind of artistic merits to her. But this specific song, it's just an Avril clone. So, yeah, that's a knot. All right. So, for me, you put it best. If I was growing up <laughs> fawning over Avril Lavigne uh -huh. as my main dream girl. Right. Staring at a poster of her on my room wall. Like all those, jacking my young meat. Like all those women we heard say the same thing about Brett Michaels. Like girls our era say about Harry Styles. Yes. If I was that, maybe i give the song or not. But by thus, by deducing that, when I said maybe I would, that means I am unnecessarily making this <laughs> answer just get drawn out. Sorry, listeners. It's a fucking knot. You have a way I with words, care. friendo. You got a way with words. I think maybe in a better mood, I might give it a hot, but today I'm not in the mood. Fuck, fucking, I don't need Avril it, it, shit. It, it, it didn't have enough for us to roast Jake with. Yeah, unless we're just honest, just roast Bose you know, still obsession with if, fucking Avril Lavigne. If we look at the standings in the records of Hot or Not, if anyone's keeping track, because I know I I haven't, but what? that means... Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. But that means you thought Any Negative was better than this song. Any Negative give, actually gives me a rea an actual reaction. <laughs> this was just... Yeah, this is a song. 
Like Andy Negative, you sit there, it's like, dude, what the fuck is this? Andy Negative fuels your hate for Bone Steel, even though it has nothing to do with Jake, other yeah, than it the feels fact like that he hate recommends. For Bone Steel, but Jake also, doesn't even like him. But it's also a great way to roast Bone Steel because it's Andy Negative. J- Andy Negative and is Jake like, in the and J- Jake goes, I'm not Andy Negative. Stop making comparisons to me. I'm so much better than Andy so Negative. You, Jake was shooting his music video, and then Andy Homie. Negative comments came coming, and you made that video where you're just like, bruh. You look like Andy Negative, bruh. <laughs> the phone was all close to your face. You're not even fat, but you still made yourself have a double chin somehow. Yeah. It was funny. Here's the thing. If you can't get a reaction more than Andy Negative, you're just a knot. Does that mean Andy Negative is technically that and then the the, 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 the weird Slayer trap song you played me that one time? Does that, uh, I forget, you know, smoke a blunt, bust a nut. <laughs> that dude and Andy Negative, are those the gold fucking standard for Hot or Not? Because we've given good songs, Hot or Not, but... Those have had some of our biggest reactions. So, and we didn't give Kid Rock a hot because we were just roasting. Now, here's the thing. Comparing to last week, was this song more of a banger than uh, Lil Yachty's Poland? Be honest. With a good I don't want to be honest. Well, what? Uh, you know what? Because I think Lil Yachty was actually the better song. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Yeah, see, that's like Poland's way more fire than fucking. Avril Lavigne clone. All right, let's get the time stance and roll the Metallica. The segment's cursed. If it wasn't under Sandman, now it's Stranger Things. Uh, Did you second, just start recording mid Second week in a row. <laughs> Got you mid-sentence. What's uh, up, baby? You're funny. Yeah, uh, okay. We were just talking about, like, at this point, should we just assume that everyone has listened to Metallica at some capacity? I don't know. I saw a fucking in my emails rambling for Metal Sucks. I don't know why I get fucking emails from Metal you Sucks. You hate Metal Sucks. I hate it. Yeah, but maybe there was a point I liked them enough to like get an email subscription. But I get it. And then I, sometimes I get the fucking goofy headlines where it's like, some no-name pop artist said Metallica is the worst band oh, of I all time. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And he's like sitting there like, what? Homie doesn't care for Metallica. Big whoop. Yeah. <sighs> no, the funny. And he went on to say he liked bands like he liked Slayer more, which I'm like, yeah, that's not uncommon. Wait, wait, this homie like, oh no, this because I actually read that article. Oh, so this dude actually had an actual opinion about. Yeah, this well, case. he wasn't just shame. He was just like, yeah, he liked bands like Slayer more, which that's fine, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Shit. All right, tell us about so, fucking Metallica and Justice for All. So this is Blackened. Um, Man, is there a better intro song? This is this song I don't is know. great. We've had like three albums in a row with great uh, intro songs. They write really good first songs, man. Or they just write really good songs and they choose a really good first song. True. So yeah, um, and Justice for All. This is the one that we, we've actually been kind of building up to this one because we keep talking. You about, have. You're well, like, Riff Soup. Riff Soup You're City, baby. You're me there, you're Metallica because Justice for All. That is just Riff Soup. Oh well, God! Well, I, figured, dr- I am dreading the time when I must review this riff soup. No, because I like this record. You're the one that doesn't like riff soup. I like Prog. I don't mind this record. You mean Prog Talica, bro? Well, Prog Talica, it's a little long. Anyway, I like this song. Although, you know, I never noticed as a kid because I was a kid. But once I got told the fact that there's like almost no bass on this record, oh, bro, when it's you put on all he- I can hear. When you put on headphones. It's like all bait. But this is definitely one of the most like cleanest sounding instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like out of like Lars's kick, 
And it's like, man, Lars's drums suck. I'm like, sitting there, I was like, dude, so many fucking people these days would like to have their drums sound like this clear and thin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I always love this song, I'll say right now. Uh, I think it's got some of their... I think it's got some of their best riffs and uh, in some really great vocal stuff. I just think it's great. Uh, I go, I get black in an eight. That oh seems yeah, no. right So me. here's the thing: like the song is a banger, but you already feel something's missing as this record opens. Yeah. Like no, the song's a banger. I love this mid pace riff. This mid pace riff was is one. Jo- was I making a joke about the bass? Or was I just making it? Or was I actually saying a serious thing about the vibe? No, you were you, you were both. saying about the vibe. How do you know? I don't even know. That's what you said. I wrote this is literally my notes per banger. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, that's so good. Like, isn't the song is a banger, but you already feel something is missing. Those yeah. are my ner- notes per banger. Maybe I'm joking about the bass, or maybe you listen to this and like, yeah, there is a weird vibe. Yeah, it's just something just seems off. The album feels like the album cover: black, white, thin. There's kind of a weird like morbid air about it. That's the best way I can describe it. And yeah, there's no bass. This album with headphones is like, oh, this is the worst. But mono, it's like, no headphones on a speaker. It's like, yeah, this is cool. But it's just super noticeable. It definitely, there is a noticeable vibe to it. I think many times of us reviewing records, if we keep fo- when we follow a band and if something tragic happens and then the, on that <laughs> next record, there we notice changes. Oh yeah, there's weird changes. It sounds very angry. This is definitely there's. I guess there's spots. Yeah, spots or something. All right, but we do have to continue on this yeah, long yeah, ass yeah. record. So tell me about this one. The ten minute epic, the title track, and Justice for All. I thought See, it was nine. It's almost. It's like nine minutes and forty seven seconds. It's almost ten. Yeah, even Metallica <laughs> couldn't get away with it. So but, this is actually the song that directly inspired the Black Album. I think it was James or Kirk. I think it was James. They sat there like, why the fuck did we write this? They're playing the song live at a show or a festival. And he said he's looking out in the crowd and they're doing all this cool, intricate musicianship. But people are bored. He can see it. And like, there's there's some really good musicianship on this, on this song specifically, but... It, it 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 it's a long fucking song <laughs> and yeah so this uh, this is the reason for that and i'll be honest i don't know if this is a hot take the song's good don't love it though uh, as it takes forever to start uh, yes i'll just say the score now we'll go from there the I give song it a... hasn't really started yet <laughs> listeners if you're listening like there's a cool chorus you know justice is lost all that but Oh, and I, I do I do like the riff coming up. I do like the riff. Yeah, this. I'm just going to give the score now. I give it a six because it is good, but like Blackened is a third of the, is a third shorter with better riffs throughout. And it's just, did you know that when this record released, it was like a dual cassette release or Fuck. <laughs> the first side of the first cassette is just Blackened in this two songs and you gotta flip it over so I could tell you when I was listening and taking notes for this I usually for whatever reason I like to listen and take notes while going on a hike that's when I usually take my notes for the music stuff and shit homie I like walked already did 15 minutes into my hike 
Bro, when this record ended, I was almost done with my hike. Like, coming back down. <laughs> I don't know what. I, maybe I was mobbing. But even then, this fucking does go on. Nine songs in almost oh, eight hey, minutes. Hey, listeners, did you hear that? The fucking song finally started. <laughs> how, how long is the song been going? How long is the song been going? Dude, uh, like, taking me... It's gotta be, like, two minutes. Two yeah, and a half. two minutes and 24. <laughs> Yeah, it takes yeah. two minutes. Of this song is the reason we have the Black Album, because so, James was like, fuck this. So, this one, I just said, this song be so much better if it was to the fucking point. Because <laughs> here's the thing. They're really good fucking riffs here. Oh, yeah, there's a this lot. This is catchy. But fuck, bro, this needs to get to the fucking point. Yeah. Seven out of ten. I like... The riffs save it. I give it a seven out of ten. While I'm okay. sitting there, it's like, you know what? This song is a fucking banger. But I'm sitting there, it's like, get to the fucking point, bro. From minutes, because they got like great. There's some great riffs. Yeah. Like this riff's hard as fuck. Like from a minute and a half to like seven and a half minutes, it's like one of their best songs. But there's so much stuff before, after, and in between where it's like, all right, now you guys are trying to be complex on purpose. Remember last week when I said I don't think I'd like a record if it was just Disposable Heroes and Orion. This is the record you get. This yes. is the song you get. This yeah. sounds like a feels like a Cliff song, but Cliff didn't write it. We have a lot to say about Metallica. We wow. sit here and we talk about it for a good minute. I've been noticing that. Yeah. So next one, I have the Beholder. So I like this song. Lars doesn't like this song. It'll be easier to explain why as it goes on, but you'll know what I mean. Basically, when it go, um, Lars felt like this song was two different songs meshed up together. Uh, specifically when it cuts from verse to pre-chorus or chorus, like that time change. So this is one of his least favorite songs, which is a shame because I actually really like this song. I give it a very strong seven, not quite an eight if the song would fucking start. But this is a really good song. So for me, yeah, I felt the song felt very paced together. Yeah. But the issue is James has really good lyrics. Yes. That prevents this song from touching... Total riff soup territory. Yeah, yeah. Like, instrumentally, it's kind of riff soupy, but James is able to write good lyrics to oh, yeah, actually yeah. make it somewhat of a song. Yeah. <laughs> I gave it a high six out of ten. I didn't hate it enough. Yeah, I no, gave this one a seven. I don't know if seven. you've noticed this. I don't know if it's about, maybe not with Kill Em All, but Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, uh -huh. and so far this record, fast song starting off. Yeah. Then we got the mid-paced banger. Yes. And then we got like the slower, kind of heavier song. Yeah. Which I Beholder. Is technically that song, yeah. And then going to the next one. Unless you want us nah, fuck this. We're gonna be here forever. It does have it does have one of my favorite and then choruses, next, though. Song four. Kind of a fucking ballad. Oh dude. This is one. This is the only song off this record that gets played that I've ever heard on the radio, unless it's uh, I forget what Dre Station does it, but they do uh, Metallica Mondays. You mean mandatory Metallica? Mandatory Metallica, yeah. Mandatory Metallica Mondays. So I have in my notes. I I got three words for you. It's technically two words and the number. Guitar Hero Three, baby. Guitar Hero Three, baby. <laughs> so this song is just I don't. I know you could almost argue it's overplayed or overhyped, but genuinely, this song is almost perfect. Out Dude, it's hard to say. Compared to Fade to Black, Welcome Home in this one, out of the ballad. It's like the best of both worlds, because it starts off really pretty like this, and it has the gradual build-up to heaviness like Welcome Home, but then the end of the song is just full-on just fucking heavy. 
and it's uh, I forget how long the song is. The song's weird. It feels really long, but in a good way. Like every riff on this song is killer. Every section, it's just it's it's great. Right out the gate, I'll just say right now, this song is a nine, almost a ten. It's almost just it's just this much from not being a ten. I don't know what holds it back from me giving it a 10, but it's probably the closest one to a 10 that Metallica has. This is, I would go, this, I think this is one of, uh, I, I, I know I'm sounding melodramatic and cringy, but I would, this is one of heavy metal's best songs that the genre put out. I really feel that way. This and like Master of Puppets are like, you could debate between those being their best songs. Uh, yeah, I love this too. All right, so. I have a casual story. There's been like two people I've, on accounts of in my life. I've just casually just put on Metallica. Uh-huh. And Metallica's playing, and this is one of these moments, playing this song on Guitar Hero 3. Yeah, baby. Friggin' in front of this one kid named Isaac Good. Oh, yeah. Literally, that was one of yeah. the moments. I'm literally just showing Metallica. Fucker becomes a freaking huge Metallica fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only other moment, at the moment, I can retract to myself. This one chick, Loki, kind of fucking annoying <laughs> at the time. Maybe when she became a mom, she kind of chilled the fuck out. You're talking about the one that did my tattoo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that so, one. So yeah, her name was Haley. Yeah. And we were just watching a live Metallica stream. Oh, oh, was that the one I was at? Were you hanging out for that? No, no. Was that like the show I was at at AT&T Park? Might have been the pre-Super Bowl thing, right? That show was so sick. Yeah, we're literally watching a live stream of that. And the Isaac Goodwin wasn't either. Weren't we co-oping? Because you and I were trying to break a million on one, but we never could. I don't know. It was one of those moments. Yeah, yeah. But the Isaac Good story. I'm trying to tell another story. Sorry, Don't confuse me and the listeners, or mostly me. But this chick, Haley. We literally watched this live stream that you were fucking there present at that show. Yeah, yeah. She used to sit there and just realizes. Wow, this band's really good. (laughs) Why has no one ever shown me this band? I'm like... Well, it's fucking Metallica. It's like they're you would think thing. you'd find them, or it'd find you. But from that moment on, this person became a huge fucking Metallica mark. Maybe not like nerd, where it's like, oh, I know all these facts, but like musically, that yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. shit's on rotation. Like, there's like this is some of the best shit I've ever listened to. But yeah, obviously the song has that iconic double bass groove with the syncopation and yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, no, the song's super sick. When I give it a nine, no. But it's a good 8 out of 10 for me. Definitely one of the best Metallica songs, but obviously it's a little slow. Sometimes I want to like skip through. I might prefer Sanitarium more. Sanitarium comes off more hooky for me, but this definitely comes up more heavier. It's also shorter too, Sanitarium. Yeah, oh yeah, that too. With this song though, I can't, I don't like skipping through just because like the double bass hits hard, but it's all about the like six minute build up to it. It hits so hard, you know? But yeah, yeah, no, that song's great. Yeah, no, the song's great. I guess what's the fuck? I'm not telling the Jeff Rotol story. You can go figure that one out. Yeah, and it'd obviously be sick to listen to the fucking double bass syncopation. We got places to be after this. Yeah. So this is uh, shortest straw. This is one of my favorite underrated songs by them. And of course, uh, for all you Metallica Metalla bangers out there, uh, probably remember the video footage of Lars trying to get this intro down for Guitar Hero Metallica. That's pretty funny. He's in there like, dude, when the fuck did I play this? Yeah, yeah. He's like, let me learn it. I gotta I gotta learn my own song. But yeah, I like this song. Um, I give this one a strong seven. In hindsight, I don't know if it's a strong seven or even a seven, but I'm gonna stick with it because this is another song where it's like, bro, this is so t- catchy. I love it. So yeah, seven. 
So I wrote down here's the a faster song, still coming on the formula yeah, of like yeah. disposable heroes or trapped under ice, but it's a little bit slower. But a faster song, but I actually think it's pretty tight. Oh, it's I awesome. give it a light seven out of ten. Okay, so I'll stick. Like it's four. pretty catchy. It's not a half bad song. Uh, this fucking album of bad riff soup. This is still a pretty passable one. All right, next one though. Alright, Harvester of Sorrow. Tell so me about I this like one. this one too. I always loved how heavy it is. Um, well, you'll be able to tell in another second, but yeah, it's pretty much it. I just love how it's simple, it's heavy. It's kind of simple. a precursor. Well, it's simple for this record. Uh, it's kind of a precursor to Sad But True in that sense, that it's, you know, mid pace like headbanger. -er. Yeah, I'd give this one another seven too. I just, I love how heavy it is. Alright, so. I always thought the song was kind of boring. Not gonna lie, I gave it a high five out of ten. A five—that's the lowest score you've given to Metallica. Yeah, song. this is a song I would just skip. Not gonna lie, I don't know why. I just get bored. I rather listen to something else. But bro, that chorus—like it's heavy, but I feel like you could do other shit. And I like now skip to the next song, and even feel like I like skip to the next this song. This is a Freight into Sanity, right? Yeah, so tell me about this one. Where it opens with the fucking march from Wizard of Oz for no reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this song's cool. Um, I'd give this one a mid to light seven. I don't have much to say about it. Enough that, I, I mean, I clearly like it enough. But, you know, I gotta be honest. After one and short of straw, these are always the songs where I really feel the length of this record. Yeah. But, uh, so maybe it's a better than a seven. Maybe it's worse than a seven. I'll stick with my mid to light seven, though. Damn, you're still loving this record. Because this here, I'm like, this song's just total riff soup. And then only the quick chorus is good in this song. Yeah. So I give it a high five out of ten. I won't go down to a five, but you know what? I think I'll go down to a six, because that, that that seems more right to me. I'm just saying, it's just riff soup, and only the quick chorus is like matter. Like, dude, this just goes on. And then I'm like, sitting there, it's like, this is just like... Okay. You know what this the, the I think I said this on last episode, but the problem with this record is if you're listening to individual songs, the songs are fucking great. If you're listening to them all in one go, it's like I don't care how big of a fan you are, like that that shit weighs on you. So I guess I'm just grading them by individual songs as yeah, opposed to. Yeah, no, I don't like this like freaking like I don't like this fucking pacing right here where it's like and then you step it up. It's like, dude, what the fuck? It'd be so much better if you can fucking pick a lane, bro. Pick a lane, yeah. Or if you're doing this, don't fucking make this the whole entire thing. Like, this part I like. But it's so quick. I'm just saying, like, James is a good lyricist. But these fucking, like, these, like, Proctalica, it's kind of low-key, kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on. Let me get to the next song. All right. To live is to die. We're now at... <clears throat> <clears throat> Obviously, you can't break the formula the last couple records because there's nine fucking songs on this yeah. one. So tell me about this one. So um, you could basically consider this record as a eulogy to Cliff. Um, I always loved this uh, this acoustic uh, intro. I just I just think the guitar playing is beautiful. There are technically lyrics in this song. There's a short passage, but it comes at seven and a half minutes in. By the way, yeah, this is an almost ten minute song too. Ooh. It's like nine something. But um, honestly, see, I don't know. I was I, I actually have it written here. I couldn't decide if this was a seven or eight because on one hand really good but on the other hand it's also really long and it, it repeats itself but I also like 
don't know. I was torn because this song is about as long as Suicide and Redemption off Death Magnetic, which uh, I like a lot more than this, but it's just, almost just as long. But And I always thought this intro was, it's cool, but it's off time. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. What would you give it? I'm torn between seven and eight. So I wrote down the middle harmonic part in this song is the best part of the song. Hmm. I don't like the beginning because it seems like very glue and paste style riffs. And it does get annoying, but once the middle comes in, it's really good. And there's a point when right as the middle ends, they had to go back to this. And it's just like, fuck, bro, the song would have been so much sicker if it ended at the harmonic bridge. So here, I'll, sk I'll skip through the song. This riff, I'm not, I could care, I could care less. Actually, that's not bad. Yeah, but this here is like a little boring. It's like like this fucking solo it's about as like, basic once as it gets here the song's oh, yeah. so much sicker like like literally if the song was to set the pacing to get your patience built up to bring in that like to reward you with this it's so much sick I'm just saying like and you're sitting there it's like man this is so cool and then like right here Whenever they get to it, <laughs> it's coming. It comes, people. It does. It comes. Like, after going whole seven minutes, this would have been perfect to get straight into the next song. But now I'm like, oh, <laughs> I hate that part. And that's when the spoken word comes in. And I'm just sitting there like, fuck, bro. But then, Dire Z. Tell me about this one. Okay, so... Boy, I gave that one a high 6 out of 10. Okay. I really love the middle harmonic part and when I'm rewarded, but then when it goes back, I was like, dude, these riffs are boring in the like, beginning. But now, tell me about this one. So, I can sum this up, this song up in four words. Disposable heroes, but better. Uh, Shorter. It's short. It's not as catchy in some ways. I, I really, I think Disposable Heroes had a really good um, catchy chorus and pre-chorus. But when this goes in, oh, it's mighty. Um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I think this is another good song from them. Uh, I gave this one, I didn't like love it, love it, but um, I, I gave it a, I gave it a seven. Gave it a pretty strong seven. Alright, so for this being one of the like, you know, fast outro songs, other than like, because like, just Damage Inc. is a fast outro song. Pretty fast. And then Metal Militia. And I remember, obviously, Ride the Lightning ends with like fucking Call, Call of Cthulhu. Like, I'm just saying, like, this part's so sick. Yeah, yeah. There's just the double kick and their open hangs. Yeah, it's really like, For me, this song is such a fucking banger. And maybe it's one of the sickest fast outro songs. Oh yeah, this is. I'm saying, like all, I think all nightmare long might be a little bit better though. I'm fucking hardwire. No, that's off death magnetic. All nightmare. Fuck. What's the whole? All right. The the fast one off of the really fast one besides hardwired off hardwired is a spit out the bone. Spit out the bone. So sick. It's such a good song. Like it, it's like that was one of the might, big. It might be like Dire Steve because that song's pretty awesome. That, that song was a show stealer when that one came out. But yeah, this is just a good song. It's a good record. Like I said, though, it's uh, it, it's a lot better listening. It's a, be a lot better if you're skipping through the record. There's, we've listened to worse. 
Oh, easily. This record's not even bad. It's but it just can long. be a chore, though. Yeah. Down the length. So, I gave this song an 8 out of 10 because I really like this song. So, tell me your whole review of this record. So, out of a score of 90. Oh, let's just riff suit, baby. Out of a score of 9. Oh, you were hating some of the riff suit. Yeah, I know. I was harsher on it. So, out of a score of 90, my score ended up being, if I counted it all right, uh, 64. It's uh, it's solid. It's good. It. I don't know if it's the it's least real- good out of the classic four. Like, it's probably better than Kill 'Em All. Um, but obviously, Ride and Master are the top tier fucking two. Um, this is the end of Meta- this is the- this is the end of Metallica as a thrash band. Because next album's the Black Album, where they go radio friendly with Bob Rock. But as a whole, yeah, I like the album. I don't know if I love the album though. I love the songs. But I don't know if I love the album. Like, Ride and Master, I love the songs and love the album. Like, putting it on. But, And Justice for All, cover to cover. I can't do it, bro. I've only been able to do it, like, a handful of times. Is it? I don't mind listening to the record. I enjoy it. But, like, actually sitting here and dissecting it for a review, this record feels very poetic. Yeah. Or, like, as Metallica's life. This is a moment where, like, they lose Cliff. This is the moment where they also try to push the like to the point of the direction yeah. where they try to up the musicianship. But you can also tell it just wasn't going to work. Yeah. This is the point where they tried it and it's good, but could you handle another record of this? No. And that even Metallica could they handle another record? No. That's why when we jump into the Black album, I'm kind of curious is that, that I think that album I'm like with this one, how you're like this this one, I can only I only really listen to a handful of times. I've never just full on just like mark like sat down on repeat listening yeah, to it. Yeah. Like this one I've listened to on repeat a little bit more than the black album. Yeah. Like you can argue that black album's too long too, because it has twelve songs. No. As me being personally someone that like spends their time playing drums. Yeah. This is definitely one of the best I think this might be technically on a skill level Lars's best drumming. But even then, how Lars doing stuff like this, playing just a simple like accenting, just playing simple stuff. Yeah. I'm saying there's a lot of just good creative playing on the drums. Oh yeah. Like this is the peak of the most creative like Lars playing. Would he have like played to the level that Cliff or Kirk would have wanted him? No. But the yeah. being person the personality of Lars and being able to pick pick the playing to accent the song, this is like some of the best Lars drumming and definitely like a good dissection. Yeah. On that shit. But it could not have last. No, no. Even I think Lars was the good like reason that still like the, the Lars prevented this album from going too excessive. Yeah. Because a lot of like some of these riffs in the riff soup, there's a lot of good Lars just like Lars assenting just like assenting. Ugh. Accenting? Yeah, accenting shit. That freaking um kind of helps like still keeps this like keeps that shit grounded i think that's always been one of his strongest traits as a drummer is he's always been really good at accentuating the riffs yeah he was never just like trained at a young age and beaten into him he started that shit late but he knows and loves good music oh yeah and that's the thing sometimes you can't be a drummer that knows good music that's why i don't have a problem he's mr riff police but i'm saying like <laughs> i think what helped me metallica yeah. write good songs is having someone that can like go Homie, you might like that riff, but me musically listening to it, I think that shit's boring to listen to. Make a good riff. Make that shit good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, definitely. I know we we ran it past on that song. So that's my review of the record. It's definitely unlike just listening to Lars, his most extended jamming, but it's very poetic. As like, all right, this is the last you're gonna get like this frantic, fast, super like heavy Metallica. But them like pushing the point where it's like, okay, they cannot do this. No, no. They had to like. That's why we're gonna go into the Black Album. We go all right. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be cool. I know it's been a minute now, for after me. Black Album though. What the fuck? Oh, that's what I'm excited for. Because I like Load. I don't really like Reload. Like these, but are, I like Saint like, Anger. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of good dissection. You see, pro like the, like these are like progress with the band. Yeah, yeah. But then what happens once we hit their peak? What happens when they become the biggest band? Well, they tour for six hit, years. They've hit the musical peak where they realize they can't keep doing this. Yeah. That they understand. There's a point where we understand too. They can't do it after this one. Yeah. This is the point where it's like, if they were to even try to push this further, it's just going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. So them stepping back. But I don't know what's past them stepping back. <laughs> what's like, oh, what the fuck happened there? It, we'll, we'll get to it in time, but all I'll say is it's kind of funny. It's a bunch of funny stories layered on top, but we'll leave it there. All right. Let me pause. Take a break. We're going to get the timestamp. All right, listeners, anyone that's popping in from the timestamps or anyone that's been listening through, thank you for listening all this way, because now it's time for the main event. We're already doing the Sumi Guevara. Well, it's already happening, but <laughs> we were doing that all over the last week's movie. No, well, yeah, Our- we started as like, yo, let's talk about this, like, this sick perverted male fantasy. Male fantasy. This male fantasy. So this is Bloodsport, Donald Trump's favorite movie. What? Start- oh, no, he loves this movie. He said it in, like, an interview last year or something. Yeah, no, this is, like, his favorite movie. It's, a, it's an awesome movie, but it's a very conflicting one. This Starring the Belgian badass. The Belgian the Belgian badass? The multi-marriage man. He's been married like five times. Oh, my God. Or as I knew him as a kid, Splits Man. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. This A.K.A. Might be, JCVG. This might have been his breakout movie. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty... Because he did some shit before this, but this is, this is what made people give a fuck about uh, Jean-Claude. Yeah, this actually made people give a fuck. So here's another interesting little uh, confession from me, much like Terminator 1. I hadn't seen this movie before. Yep. But I watched fight compilations on YouTube when I was like 15, so I feel like I, I knew pretty much everything about the movie. In all fairness. So, honest. remember how you said last week, like, dude, the first half of this movie's fucking terrible? I'm going to tell you all right now, yeah, the first half of this movie's fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, but the It's a movie cool. where it's like, wow, this movie's fucking terrible. But then, like, once the fighting gets in, wow, this movie's really good. And it makes you go like, wait, wasn't this movie kind of fucking terrible? <laughs> it's a mixed bag. You know, it's a very mixed bag. But you want to know why? Why? So we open up with the fucking mu- the movie production company, fucking Canon. Yeah. Notorious for making shitty movies. They made Superman 4. The Quest for Peace. That's the one where that's the one where Superman's idea of of making world peace is taking all the nuclear weapons and throwing them into the sun. That's what he does. Cannon baby. <laughs> so I mean, what a shitty company. With this possibly <laughs> being their best effort. <laughs> What a fucking catalog. 
What a fucking catalog indeed. So we open up with, they showed shots of this city that opened up. I thought this was Chinatown, Francisco. Francisco? Yeah. As we go to this big ass temple where it looks like, turns out this is Hong Kong. Yeah, we're in Hong Kong and we see peeps prepping an arena together. They're setting up a tournament. And then we see these various kind of kung fu bros. We just see various characters in their Fires, training, yeah. all wacky sorts of manner. Have you ever watched Dragon Ball? Actually, no. That'd be a bad reference because no one's really watched Dragon Ball. Just say nobody watched Dragon Ball. No one watched Dragon Ball, but we watched Dragon Ball. We watched Dragon Ball, and we do see maybe that that show like reference this. This is basically. Dragon Ball. We see established of fighters that were going to appear later in the movie. Oh, yeah. Doing their all wacky sorts of training. Breaking ice blocks and boards with kicks, chops, and V triggers. And thus also cutting edits of like the arena for the Kumite being built. I shouldn't point this out, but I will. One of them, one of the men was, and I swear to God, audience, was a black man who hopped onto a tree and karate chopped coconuts. Yep. The montage keeps going. Dudes are training. Spark. I, I wrote here in my notes. I'm like, this is just bad. Enter the dragon. We then did Enter the dragon open up with people just didn't it op- training. Uh, do didn't we see? Do we meet up- with various characters, or do we meet our main three characters? The Afro bro, the fucking James Bond looking bro. Yeah, the guy from like uh, the the guy from Nightmare Four on Elm Street. I do, I, I haven't seen Enter the Dragon in years. Don't they open up with the dudes in the temple doing the punches and like the monk shit? Yeah, but this we met, we see various. We do these guys have get no characterization, but we do see them well, in the there's movie. There's more characterization here than in whatever well, Enter the Dragon yes. was. So then we specifically focus on this big Haas dude who we learn later on is a guy named Jackson, or as I called him, uh, wise guy, swole guy. Wise guy, just Jackson, the good yeah. brawler, the American wise guy, brawler. Guy. He's, I wrote here, he's big, hairy, gross teeth. He looks like he could have worked for Vince McMahon at the time. He's a representation of what people think America is in the world. He, he has a, a fr- representation of what other people think of America. This is a representation of the America. So Of the America. This guy's friend comes up to me. He's like, hey, Jackson. Listen to this. Jackson, you go into Hong Kong. I love anything that's full contact. Need a few more scars on my face. But I heard you can get killed at the Kumite only if you fuck up. Punch. He like punches his bag or whatever. Only if you fuck up. <laughs> yeah, only if you fuck up. I'm like, wow. What Great a, dialogue. What a badass. Yeah, int- what dialogue? Yeah. Are we introduced to JCVD yet? Uh, here. I yeah. was. I, Let I, me tell you how he literally opened up. <laughs> and this is his fucking career. Yeah. We literally open up to Jean-Claude doing repetitive spin kicks. Doing kicks. Literally. Big athletic leg stretching What else kicks. does he do? Splits and repetitive spin kicks. Splits and kicks. Homie. That's a shit. One of his return movies, what, Expendable 3s or Expendable yeah. 2? It was 2. He was in 2. He was the villain in Expendables 2. And you know what he literally does? His first actual action sequence? He spin kicks a knife out of a dude's hand. Having that shit go into another dude, killing them. Mm-hmm. This is literally John Claude Van Damme's career is fucking spin kicking and doing some splits every now and then. It's funny. I actually wrote here after Jackson says, only if you fuck it up. I wrote here in my notes. I said, hi, nice to meet you, James. Can we watch something else? But I never I never texted you. So yeah, can we watch <clears throat> something else? Like, bro, we haven't hit the worst part yet. <laughs> so all these dudes are going to the Kumite. You got no tolerance, guy. bro. Oh uh, well, it was just gonna be a joke. So yeah, all these dudes are going to something the, else yet. 
so all these dudes no that wasn't me with um what movie was that that i felt like it wasn't black well it was black sunshine but I, there was another movie I sure it wasn't sleepover massacres like james can we watch something else the killer i was just confused because i'm like what the fuck is this movie don't worry i was so i was sitting there watching it too i was like i don't know what the fuck this movie is let's just see what happens the driller killer shows up and you're like that's what that movie is. Hell yeah. So yeah, uh these dudes are all going to the Kumite and we wa- and after we watch a, and after we watch a dude sweep the ring, we come across, like you said, JCVD kicking the shit out of one of those like and it's kicking? one of the No, just spin kicking. Spin kicking the shit out of this. It's one of those bags that one of those punching bags you know that, the small, that boxers use. Yeah, the small pu- like punching bag just to get like the practice uh, a good rhythm. Yeah. Some soldier bro is like is like Captain Colonel Cook needs to see you. He found out you're going to Hong Kong, and JCVD says, "Okay, I'll need to take a shower." Yes. <laughs> He's so like, I, I hear you're going to Hong Kong. What is that? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. This to the Hong Kong to the Tony Khan. So he's like, so he's like, I'll have to watch you, sir. Okay. I'm like, so, okay. I'm like, what? So we cut to JCVD in the shower. We can't see him, but the goober is like, well, well we we cut to the goober yeah. as he's waiting outside for JCVD, but then he realizes. Where the fuck is he? Captain, what's taking so long? And then no answer. And he goes to investigate. He gets no answer. And somehow, JCVD managed to give this dude the slip. Even though there's no windows in there, there's only two ways out. And he could see both of them. But he's John Claw Van Damme. Then we cut to the. He's that slick. We cut to the goober hauling ass across a military field. He tells his commander with his bad acting what happened. And we learned that also JCVD is a, supposedly a prized soldier of America. Yes. Then we cut to Juju as he goes. We just, to this all we know is about the John Claude is that we see him talking. It's like I guess they don't want him going to this tournament of death because it's because it's uh, dangerous and he's a valuable asset to the military. How many fuckers were there on that base? <laughs> yes, only John Claude is a high is a high like friggin' like good asset to the fucking American government. Not all those dudes they trained. Yeah, I know. What the fuck are they doing? Then we cut to Juice. No, but fucking, like, greased up, like, Abby Spin Kick Man. No. He's a, he's our number one this asset. This is before he did drugs, and I must say, Jean-Claude Van Damme was very, had a very sculpted body. Yes, he was very... He was no lad. Mr. Universe, but he still looked good. Yeah, no, he was very... He was very yeah, shredded. Very bronze. So either way, we so see- we cut to John going to this random house. Now I'm gonna try to recreate for you all how awkward the scene was. Okay, mm-hmm. he knocks on the door. A woman answers. She looks at him and smiles. He looks back at her and he smiles. Then he walks in. Wait, there was no dialogue. No, there's no, no dialogue. hi or hello. Then they hold hands. Like he grasps her hand. They look into each other's eyes. How is he? Like what the fuck? It was literally like twenty minutes of silence and twenty Cla- minutes, like 20 no seconds. twenty seconds of silence. John Claude had the most awkward smile. But anyway, yes, yeah, so he's at this house. This woman is obviously very familiar to him, so she goes to tell whoever is here to see that he's here to see them. But then the camera focuses on the samurai sword that is okay. Sorry, a katana that is displayed on the mantle of the, the fire- katana. <laughs> The mantle of the fireplace or whatever. And then we get a flashback. So in this flashback, so, yes. three teens or whatever sneak into the house through a window. Like literally, they just, they literally just, yeah, they, they just sneak into, this sneak path, into the house through the window. And they try to jack the katana swords. Yeah. But JCVD, he's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Then this so, kid made the, this kid's acting was like, what the fuck is this movie? I, I he was movie worse was like, than John. Oh, yeah. No, he was like levels of bad. He just goes all stoic face. He's like, come on, Frank. Let's take the sword. I don't want to do that. 
No. It sounds like a bad Adam Sandler character. Nah. It's like, he's like, it kind oh, of I don't want to do that. No. And like, we see the kids jack a sword, but then we see this character, Fra- young Frank, and he's like, nah, I'm going to put this away. And then the fucking sensei man comes in and he goes, what the fuck you doing? Yeah, the sensei man, they hear the door open and people coming. So the other two bail, but young John here is just standing there perfectly mobile and is just taking his sweet time. I'm yeah, like, he's just you're like, about to be fucking caught. I think he's kind of dumb. So yeah, the f- this Frank homie here is like kind of like dumb. So there will be, in- there's also a very like a uh, I would say a not politically correct word to describe this. Fair enough. So he stays and admires a sword and puts it back. And then the sensei dude, like you said, out of nowhere, she shows up and then his kid kicks John in the gut. Yeah, just fucking intercut. Well, dude, homie fucking is a home invader. Fuck well, this I young mean, kid. Yes. Yo, my son, go beat the shit out of this little kid. I gotta fucking whip his ass. Intercut with all this JCVD, of <laughs> course, <laughs> is looking very reflective. So after I assume is a young... Yeah, yeah, sorry. So when young JCVD gets his ass kicked for a second, uh, the father of the kid, who I need to say, uh, the father, the Shidoshi Tanaka, Shidoshi he, had a, he had an amazing mustache. Yeah. It was magnificent. Oh, yeah. He, he tells him... Uh, he says, uh, "You cannot get a you cannot get katana sword by stealing. It is a very special sword. You must earn it." So the dad, who by the way, the kid's name is Shingo. I just thought that was awesome because I'm like, I'm like, yo, Shingo Takagi. Yeah. No, it's not Shingo Takagi. No, it's not Shingo Takagi. So the dad's like, "You can't steal it, John Claude Van Dam." So John Claude Van Dam is like. I wasn't going to steal it. But I wasn't then, going to steal it. But then after he says that with no prompting, the dude takes the sword and like chops off part of his hat, I think. And the next yeah, thing. Fuck your hat, little kid. And then after that, literally after he does that, next thing we know, we're in the living room and he's like, the pacing here was so weird. He's like talking. Now he's, I believe he's talking to JCVD's parent. No, I'm sorry. I skipped it. No, describe. I would say describe. I would say. I would say friggin'. All I know is that friggin' we see them sit, have a sit down. Yes. Young, just Frank Ducks. Yes. This is not JCVD. Right. They're just sitting there. Most likely they were going to tattle on him, but it's like, well, my son here needs someone to practice. You look like you're interested in our bullshit. Yeah, because he doesn't flinch when he does the sword thing. So he's like, he notices how yeah, he's... Yeah, like he like whip out the sword or flew a fist at him, but the homeboy didn't flinch. It's like, you have fighting spirits. He's like sitting there and I'm like, are you sure this kid isn't just fucking like has a box full of rocks as a brain? <laughs> Homie's like kind of a statue. I don't think he's aware. I think he's just going to accept getting hit. That's why he didn't flinch. So yeah, now he's now he's talking to his parents, and his parents have like no dialogue pretty much. Um, so he, and he convinces them to let him train his son because he uses this odd analogy. Uh, he says because his parents, J- JCVD's parents, moved from Europe to grow wine, and Tanaka's like he moved here to grow fish. Yeah, that's that's legit what he says. Grow fish. So he says, "I'm here to grow fish." We both, this is a direct quote, we both grow children and like vines, you use science to grow vines and like vines, people need training. I'm like, huh? So either way, I think it's like, you know what? Let me take your son in. It seems like he'd be a good punching bag for my kid. So before I can even, sorry, sorry. No, you go. I was just going to say, before I can even finish typing that last diatribe I typed, we cut to, and again, I swear to God, young JCVD getting his ass kicked by by the, by Tanaka's son, 
And his son tell his son Shingo tells uh, young Frank, "Why don't you quit, Round Eye? <laughs> Why don't you quit, Round Eye? I'm pretty sure that's a racism." And in the scene, young Frank, with his very hilarious French accent, goes like, "Why do you coach him and not me? Why don't you? Why do you coach him and not me?" He almost sounded like a shitty Italian accent. He just like like I'm sure the dad's like. It's my fucking kid. Yeah. Fuck you. You try to steal my shit. That's basically what he says. He basically he's like, you know, I could charge you. So get back to being my son's punching bag. That's what he says. He says, you're here to, I brought you here to help train my son. Don't question me. And then he says, if, and then he says, if you think I'm going to stand here and be his punching bag, you can forget our deal. But then as soon as he says that, we cut to a schoolyard where Frank saves Shingo from bullies. Yeah, bullies are beating up Shingo's ass. I'm like, yeah, great training, Dad. <sighs> great training, Dad. I got saved by the freaking Frank Ducks right here. Way of the blade. More like way of the bullshit. It's like, yeah, I know. But either way, saves him from bullies. And you know what? They become friends. Or at yeah. least that's what we're told. Yeah. The then I think then we like flash forward. Yeah. So Shingo the was died. Literally. Yes. Literally. It cuts from Shingo being like, I want to compete in the Kumite and make my father proud. And then, yeah. Then we cut and the kid's dead. So suppose he's dead, which I also totally forgot the crack by joke when like Shingo's getting beat up by bullies. I was like, we see JC VD save Shingo with some from save Shingo from bullies with a sick karate bro no it's pretty fucking terrible <laughs> no it's pretty terrible but either way so Shingo's now, dead yeah JCVD's like sitting there the sensei man's like I've lost my family in the first war yeah and then he's just also saying war is bad this is why I moved to start a he lost growing his, fish business yeah but also he's been taught generation on generations on his like sick martial arts bro and then jcvd is <laughs> like shingo was like a brother to me shingo was like a brother to me why don't teach you teach me the ways teach me the ways like no you didn't come out of my cock fuck you that is basically the conversation because yes he's tanaka like, is like yeah these teachings have been passed down he says for two thousand years and also yeah he lost his wife daughter his first wife daughter and son because they were all in hiroshima and i'm like that's a fucked life so and i don't mean to sound dismissive or or whatever of john claude but instead of respecting the man's wishes no and, dude he's no he reasons with them he tells them hey you tell us to keep an open mind bro why don't you keep an open mind on training me yeah He's well, literally just like, like he's always just like he's like I can sh she says show me the way I can do it but then Tanaka says you are not Japanese and you are not a Tanaka or I guess better phrase you did not come out of my cock <laughs> so ju so juicy as he tries to act said you told me using my t any technique that works never to limit myself to one style and to keep an open mind or something and then yeah then we cut why to don't you keep an open mind bruv it's like it's like, bro. Your son's died. You need to have an open mind, bro. Yeah, have an open mind. Your well, your third child died. You need to have an open mind. Well, I can do it. Well, now we have a montage. Now we go to the montage of yeah. like training, which is really just the sensei basically taking out his frustrations that his son's. Oh, dead. John gets his ass whipped. Yeah, he's just, just whipping his ass for a good it minute. Feels, it's only like a minute. It feels like it goes on for eighteen. Yes, but JCVD with his freaking uh, box full of brains. Or his fucking box brain, his rock yeah, brain. his box full of rocks on the brain. His box full of rocks on the brain. He's kind of dumb. Or a not politically correct word. He can take a beating. 
<laughs> and and thus the sensei's like, you know what? You're not gonna quit. I guess I'll teach. There's actually a part where it's even worse when the dad whips his ass blindfolded. The last scene of the montage shows JCVD serving the dad and wife, uh, who literally this is the only time she shows up in the entire flashback. T and JCVD blocks a chop. Yeah. So now he's big and strong, tough man. You guys, they show him now holding poses as the dad whips him with a kendo stick. Okay, I know it's not actually a kendo stick, but whatever. Then there's a weird BDSM kind of scene where he's doing his trademark splits, but Tanaka is, is stretching. stretching. Yeah, it's stretching his arms and legs apart. Like, did you like? Did you ever see that scene from The Hitchhiker where the dude gets pulled apart by the horses? I think it was The Hitchhiker. I've never seen The Hitchhiker. It's an old Grindhouse movie. It got remade in the 2000s. Nope. But, Homie, yeah. I've seen this movie and you haven't seen this movie. I think it's fair to say... There's a couple movies that we that have not we seen. Yeah, that would line up, yeah. I'm just saying. So, yeah, but he steadies himself. Like, homie, I've named my birthday show after this movie and you haven't seen it. That's true. That's true. But he steadies himself and... Uh, he achieves true balance, guys. Yeah, to the point where he steadies himself and starts pulling himself in and then just breaks the contraption. And the whole time, he is making, like, angry John Cena faces. He's making John Cena or John claude No, I said John Cena. It was like, you ever see Cena have to act pissed in WWE? <laughs> yeah. That's what it reminded me of. So now we have a ceremony of Tanaka bequeathing the sword to Jean claude now the flashback finally fucking ends after a year. Yeah, I just wrote down, other than the master being dubbed, anytime someone speak was actually pretty bad. Well, yeah. maybe the, just, you know what, the master didn't suck. Yeah. But when Jean-Claude opened his fucking mouth, it's like, I'm like, what it's, the fuck? It turns into the room where Yo, Tommy was so had to overdub himself. Yo, what the fuck? So Jean-Claude goes in to see Mr. Chinaka. We don't know what's wrong with him, but we know he's bedridden he's from old. illness. He's old. He's dying. I don't know. He was there for World War II. Well, in the 80s, 40 years. Yeah, you're right. So he told. So literally. So you know how he showed up for like a minute. We had like six minutes of flashbacks. And now he finally gets in to see Mr. Tanaka. This is the whole scene. He tells Tanaka, I'm going to go to Hong Kong and honor him. And Tanaka tells him. um, And Tanaka's they like hold hands. And he's like, "Okay, that's it. Cool. That's the entire scene tight fuck you too movie so either way well fuck you know what this movie is yo blame canon come on it's ca- fuck you canon yeah fuck you canon so now john claude oh, to the kumite bro <laughs> yeah we don't even see him getting on the plane he's just on a bus in hong kong oh yeah, i totally forgot did you mention like him making tea blindfolded yeah that was like the le- one of the last parts of the montage yeah one of the good and then montage. he blocks a chop from tanaka yeah remember that that's what the remember that, <laughs> listeners yes remember that we're foreshadowing remember foreshadowing so john's on he's a- able to fucking brew a good meal blindfolded so now john he's on a bus as uh, and that jackson guy from earlier is there yeah we see jackson whereas i wrote him a shorter braun Strowman, who he he ends up being a fun character, but he's just kind of like he's trying to verbally, mac on a lady. He's almost he's trying sec- to mac on a lady, yeah. but like it doesn't pan out. He's like, "Well, fuck you, bitch." Yeah, he's like literally he's like, "Hey, what's up, girl? How are you? Well, you're not gonna say anything." Well, fuck you then. And he like puts his feet up like right next to her. I'm like, and initially I'm like, okay, this guy's a prick. Yeah, what a douchebag. But then we cut to a smoking hot blonde yeah we could do yeah dude we cut to a smoking hot blonde lady she's trying to ask some dudes about the kumite and there's like i don't know 
Huh? What's Kumite? Yeah, what's Kumite? That does, that's not Come a on, thing. Come on, you guys are here for the Kumite, right? I couldn't tell if she was a good actress or bad actress. Bro, like, did this movie... <laughs> come on, who says the acting... <laughs> what were you suspecting with this movie? There was a great actor in this movie that I can't tell if he was good or not. <laughs> well, fair enough. So, yeah, um... And yeah, so yeah, so literally they're talking to her, then they run off, and then they're speaking their native language, and I'm right here. I think they know. Th- I think they know what the Kumite is, guys. Do we? Nah, who knows? But they're not telling this fucking bitch. So after this, we're at a di- we're at a diner room waiting place, uh, as uh, or something. And John Claude and the big dude they play each other well, we in see, an arcade fight. Well, we game. see Drax is playing some VD games, and then he's like invites JCVD. Hey, you wanna you wanna play this? And yeah, they're playing the game, and JCVD wins. And he's like, "Oh, you're good at this." He's like, "Not bad, kid." He no kept calling him kid, kid throughout the no movie. Not bad, like, kid. Isn't John Claude like thirty by the time this movie's out? I don't know. Well, he's younger than he is now. No bad, kid. Really? And he's like, "Hey, if you want to see some real fighting, because like JCVD's beating him in the game." Yeah. Hey, you want to see some real fighting? I'll show you. I'm in. I'm going to the Kumite. And he's like, and then you see John Claude goes, "I'm going to the Kumite too." John Claude and then it's like, "Oh, okay." Oh yeah. So JCV. Either way, they fucking bond. Yeah, they bond in the arcade game. So and then lol. Now we see Forest Whitaker at the fucking Sensei's pad. I couldn't believe that was Forest Whitaker. I told you too. I was like, I've oh, seen yeah, that Forrest- guy be a good actor. He was not a good actor in this movie. I'll say it right now, homie. This is a fucking an Academy Award winning actor of, of like freaking. This performance felt like he should have won a Razzie. I was, yeah, he's not even the worst actor in this movie. I'm just saying, you just sit there jarring. It's like, yeah, I know. You watch this movie and you go like, holy fuck, that's Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. What the fuck? But it's like, hey, everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. So but for- he's in Bloodsport, baby. So Forrest and this old eight, this old white agent dude, they go to the Tanaka okay. house. Question. Do you prefer his performance here or his performance as fucking the homeboy in Rogue One? He's got a fucking annoying character in Rogue One. Yeah, and the weird thing about Rogue One, he plays a guy from the TV show, but yes. he acts nothing like the guy from the TV show. Well, he acts like a someone that's been like dealing with a fucking save the rebellion, save the dream. Yeah, now he's like, hey, was Frank here? I'll say this: Can yeah, we agree on this? Like- I don't think Bloodsport and Rogue One are the best examples of Forrest Whitaker's range. <laughs> They're examples of something. Obviously, there's movies where he does a great, uh, like he does a great performance. Yeah, and then there's movies where I guess he's just like, well, okay, Rogue One, he's been established and he phone kind of a phone in. Yeah, this one here, I think he's just trying to get some work. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: this movie's a hit. Yes, but not because of him. But so anyway, yeah. So the Asian dudes, they go to Miss Tanaka, and she's. I just say Forrest Whitaker and the old homie. Forrest Whitaker and the old homie go to the Tanaka house, and literally, this is the whole scene. They're like, "Hey, we're looking for Frank Dukes. Can you help us find him?" And she's almost like, "Hey, my husband's sick and maybe dying. Can you all leave?" And and Forrest Whitaker's about to be like, "Now, just a minute." But old Asian dude's like, "Okay, bye." And it's like, "Okay, old agent, bro." 
So as Jackson and Jean-Claude Van Dream are signing in for the uh, thing, we meet this kind of fast-talking dude. He's like, oh, hey, guys, I know who you are. Yeah, he's kind of the promoter. I think he's yeah. also a coordinator for, like, the foreign talent he's that kind can't of like the rep- speak e- English, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of going to be their, like, representative yeah, or manager. He's got the big old goofy glasses, and he's got, like, kind of, like, the weird, like, He's got bullet. a Jimmy Hart haircut. Yeah, and he's just all fast-talking. Hey, you guys American, right? Yeah, oh, you guys, oh, yeah, you big, bad, tough American, and here a fight in the kumite i'm like you're sitting there it's like hey over here we all handsome right haha i oh, sorry i'm like farting a good one while like trying to be that guy no one was going to know until you said that <laughs> well i'm sitting well i'm sitting there going ha yeah oh yeah ah. i'm like it's like I'm, I'm talking all weird but i'm like freaking double tasking over here i'm trying to do an impression while far- fucking farting whatever the manager is like hey i'm gonna take y'all to the kumite and then he starts telling them about the triads mm-hmm. he tells us a little he gives us a little info dump on the history because it the turns kumite. out they're the ones that are allowing them to hold this kumite and it's going to be the biggest one they've ever held yeah the lesser known uh asian crime organization obviously behind the yakuza so then he tells uh, i don't the, think we need to be uh, shining light on these like freaking like crime organizations then he tells you're trying to be a criminal bro, the yakuza are chill they've got like offices and shit god you're just a nerd i am a nerd then he tells them about the invisible barrier they're good he actually gives them like a tiny bit of history on like china on like china mainland borders he's like you're gonna cross from hong kong into mainland china and he gives them a quick history about how it dates back to the old weird whatever the fuck china did with britain uh they Trippy. go yeah they go to this sketchy like it's kind of an Dude, alleyway they go through a slum lambr- labyrinth is what i said okay that makes more sense yeah, yeah they're just going through these slums it's kind of a labyrinth because this arena is hidden away because we see shady business peeps and then yeah when we pop into the arena yeah when we pop into the arena we see shady business peeps you know with all these hot ladies yeah preparing the freaking gamble and then we see fighters sparring now they go to registration and the registers are like registering them. And then John Claude's like, yeah, I'm here with the Shatoshi clan. It's like, homie, you're not Asian. You what? don't look like a, t- no, he said, no, he said, uh, cause, um, well, yeah, he does. Says, tana- he, says says like, he says, you don't look like Shatoshi. You're not a Tanaka. You're not a Tanaka. Cause should, he kept referring to Mr. Tanaka as his Shidoshi. You Is Shidoshi not- a term I've never heard? Do you know? Do I look like I care? So, so, so basically, Jean Claude, because he does not look like a, he would be a Tanaka. He he's does not prove, look like he's Japanese. He's got it. He's like, well, if you are, then prove it. Show us your Denmark. Yeah, which is apparently a death punch or which death is, blow, which is a great name for All anything. Right. And then we see like he's about to break a brick, but they're like, no, break the bottom brick. While well, these bricks are all stacked up. So he, how about you describe the scene? Maybe you got a good description. Okay, so this is great. So literally, yeah, they've got, it's like three rows of bricks, three across. It's like three, it's like, yeah, I think it's like three across and like five up or something. He has to hit it from the top, but break the bottom brick. So John Claude charges up and I don't know what he channels, but he channels something and just goes, Either way, he channels something where he smacks the top of the, he t- smacks the top brick, but the bottom brick breaks out. Yeah, showing his dim mock, bro. Yeah, it's his like, death blow. His death touch. No, I have here in my death notes. Touch. It's death touch. Death touch. Sounds like a tra- sounds like it should be a trauma movie. So John, so John and um, sorry. Yeah, everyone's so John- like impressed. Is like holy shit. 
how do you do that? The best part. And they're like, well, I guess at this point, you might as well fight in the tournament. So the best part during that is when Jean-Claude and his sick abs, like he's got his eyes bugged out too. It's great. So there's this one Homie guy. he's wearing a tank top. I don't know why you think he's shirtless. What? He was like wearing a tank top during I think the I meant demo. To, I think I meant to write arms, but it, it came out abs. You're thinking of the JCVD abs. So anyway... Now, so either way, then he then stares down with the big buff dude from yeah. Korea, which is Bolo from Enter the Dragon. But he I was, thought that was fucking him. Yeah, it is him. But he's so awesome in this movie. I I refer him to Bolo once here, but then when he like starts doing shit, I'm like, nah, dude, it's totally Chong Lee. <laughs> like his character's named Chong Lee, and I'm like, dude, it's such a good character enough just to like say it's like, no. Yeah, yeah. It's Chong Lee. Like like Bolo was Chong a Lee, bro. Like can't like, uh, like Bolo is obviously rememberable because yeah. he's the fucking like He's the dragon. He's the tank yeah, he's the tank enemy for fucking Bruce Lee to defeat in the movie. Actually, but, Mr. Roper's no, yeah, Mr. Roper's the one that beats him. Doesn't he? I, dude, I haven't watched Enter the Dragon in a bit. Homie, do you want to watch Enter the Dragon or something once we're done with these fucking Metallica fucking, huh, we gotta watch something in correlation with this year, bro. I mean, first off, I don't see you I don't see you saying no to the year thing. And second, I would love to watch Enter the Dragon. That movie's great. Honestly, there isn't a whole lot of Bruce Lee movies. We could just kind of There's just, like six. We can just Bruce Lee Marathon, oh, TBH. Bro, showdown. Game. But now let's get back to Bloodsport. Yeah. A movie that's trying to knock off Bruce Lee. Eh, but there's worse. They even recruited a fucking Bruce Lee character. Yes, they recruited someone that wasn't a Bruce Lee movie. Bro, uh, uh, Bolo, to be the main villain. Bolo, Bolo actually survived and uh, and uh, re reinvented himself. No, not really. So I love that, uh, Bro, that uh, Chong. I have a feeling is, Cannon will hire anyone. Yeah, but I, I love that Chong was rocking the band. Was rocking like the total, Chong Lee was totally with rocking the good like headband. A, yeah, from the, Co- his Korean headband to show he's from Korea. Yeah, because well, at least a character. I don't know. He could be Korean. I do not know how it's. I it. can guarantee you, American casting agencies in the eighties did not give a fuck. Yeah. So that's that was one of the weird things about this movie. It's like Tanaka. That's like a Japanese name, but the Kumites in China. But they never try to like. But then Bolo's from Korea, and I don't know. I, there just Holy, wasn't there's a lot. Fu- no, dude. The Kumite is for fighters. no. I know it's for everyone, but there is sometimes it just felt like that they were getting certain cultural things like mixed up or something. That's Why little- are they mixing up the Korean bro in the fucking like world tournament? I don't know. I, I'm saying specifically the fucking Japanese and Chinese stuff. How are they mixing that up? Well, because there were sometimes when they were talking about some custom things. Where, moving on. Moving on. Now we see Forrest Whitaker. Oh God, again. Whitaker and friend uh, from earlier talking to a Chinese military. Yeah, they're in bra. Hong Kong, dude. No, just talking to a cop. That's right. I forgot. They're cops dressed like the like a fucking militia. Either way, they're so, talking to a cop to see if they can help him find JCVD. They're like, "Hey, have you seen this guy?" And the officer blows them off, but he perks up when he mentions, "Yeah, we hear this dude's going to be fighting in the uh, fucking Kumite." He's, he's, he's uh, going to be fighting in the Kumite. Well, <laughs> we'd like to have this Kumite not be a thing, but so we'll have. Uh, you know, we'll keep an we'll eye keep out. an eye out. Yeah. yeah. So then we cut to... Because like, dude, homie, there could be white people everywhere. We don't give a fuck. And he's like, okay, maybe he's a Kumite fighter. Yeah. We can maybe use that. So then we cut into the journalist lay from earlier. Yeah, we see the blor- we see the hot blonde babe earlier. Talking to a guy named Hussein. And she calls and then she calls Hussein an asshole. And he's, yeah, like, he's like, she's trying to interview about the Kumite. He's like, I'm not talking about the Kumite. But you, you come with me. And she's like, 
whoa, whoa, bro, that don't work like that. And he's like, nah, that does work like that. You're so coming he, with me, so he dr- hot blonde lady. So he dramatically raises a hand up to, to slap her. But and, no. But JCVG comes in and grabs his hand. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hold on, you didn't. You didn't step in when Jackson was harassing was harassing the lady on the bus, but suddenly Whoa, white ja- hot blonde lady. Whoa, okay. ja- well, Jackson wasn't gonna fucking throw a haymaker at this lady. You would. This dude yeah. was about to, but also I think Jersey Freedy thinks this lady's kind of friggin' hottie biscotti. So he tells them, and I swear to God, I'm not making this up. He says, "Cause they're like, what? You want to fight, bro? You want to fight, bro?" And he's and- like, "Nah." He's like, if we get if we fight now, we get thrown out of the Kumite. Yeah, but you want to be in this tournament of death. But this Hussein guy is really adamant about the journalist going to his hotel room. So bad boy, so pretty bad boy, uh, John Claude says, "Okay, how about this? Are you a gambler, man? Let's play a game." He says, "If I can, if I can snatch this quarter from your hand before you pull it away or whatever, I get the girl." And the journalist lady is kind of. What she? No, yeah. she's like you can't do this. And Jean Claude says, like, "Hey, trust me. Just, just trust me." He even winks at her. But hey, if I can't, you get the girl. It's like, oh my god! And she's like, oh my god, men. <laughs> this is men. <laughs> Either way, so then the thing is like, all right, can you take the coin out of my hand before I like close my hand? Yeah, and uh, so JCVD. Well, he does it. There's a little build he does up. A sick, yeah, there's a build up. But he does a sick karate trick because then he's like, you lose. There's no way you got that coin out of my hand. I still feel a coin in my hand. Then open his hand and realize, this ain't the coin. <laughs> and he's like, I got the coin. I got the girl. Bounce. And he's like, fuck you. And then, yeah, Hassan, <laughs> bou- Hassan and his entourage bounce away. Yeah. Uh, but I- then we see JCVD go on a nice walk with the blonde lady. Yeah, literally, it cuts from like, ha, I have the coin, fucker. And he's like, damn it. And then, yeah, now they're walking and along she's like a asking, pier. She's trying to ask about the Kumite, and he's like, what? No, I can't talk about that now. Kumite, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, he's trying to like ask her, like, oh, what happened? And, he, and he's like, oh, he said I had nice legs. And he like looks her up and down. He's like, well, you do. And it basically boils, yeah, the whole oh, scene, yeah. the whole scene's like, hey, are you fighting in the Kumite? And he's, he's, no, he's like, why? He's like, because. And she's like, well, will you tell me about the Kumite? He's like, maybe. And, and then it, we just cut like, to another fucking well, and scene. It's like, why are you fighting in it? Why are these people wanting to do this freaking no holes barred fight to the death? And he's like, because. And then we see shirtless JCVD in his room doing the splits and while meditating. doing med- yeah, meditative katas. Well, also Jackson comes and is like, hey, we got to get going. Kumite, bro. It's ready. You got to get going. We're going to be like late. a solid minute and a half. He's just trying to get his attention. It's like, no, hey. he's just getting ignored because fucking yeah. homeboy here is doing the splits, moving his arms around, breathing while showing off his sick, sweaty abs. There's a line. There's a funny line where he says to Jean-Claude, he, he says, uh, hey, you might want he, he, when he's doing the splits. He's like, hey, uh. I want to be careful. You might want to have kids one day, you know. Yeah, you might want to have kids one day. It's like, dude, you're just going to rip the groin muscles, not his cock. So, no, nah, dude, it's going to rip them off. So now it's fight time. Thank God. This well, now is- we're in the opening ceremony of the Kumite. Yeah. And we get the a little bit of the history of the Kumite. Yeah, it's been a tradition. By the way, I want to point out this whole thing is being put on by the Black Dragon Society, which is an the awesome Black fucking Dragon name. Society. I want to see them feud with the Blackpool Combat Club. So this has been a tradition for three hundred years. 
Um, and the idea is every five years, everyone around the world who's the best fighter ever, you guys, uh, they face each other in full contact combat, and the winner is champion. And there's apparently a lot of big name international fighters here. We don't get them names. We don't get them named. And there's a bunch of big sponsors. And then he says something about heritage. It's a big deal, you guys. It's a big deal. There's an opening ceremony. That's why I wrote down we get the history of the Kumite. Okay. And then we get the rules. It's full yeah. contact. Yeah. It's like people say, it's like, yeah, this is full contact. And there's only three ways to win. You can either knock out your opponent. You can make them sit. Well, actually, no, this is the promoter. He's yeah. breaking it down. So, yeah, there's three ways to win. Either you can do knockout or you can make them say, Mate. Mate. Or which is basically uncle. You mean just submission. Yeah. We know that word. Or they follow the ring. Ring out. Yeah. I'm like. Dude, that's fucking Dragon Ball, this is just, bro. I was just about to say, it's just Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball got the tournament influence from this you movie. You know, it's kind of funny. So, you know how Bloodsport here has like three direct-to-DVD video sequels? What? No. Blood- oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, there's three of them. I know a them. fucking kickboxer, but... I think, th- I think it's... I read up. I think it's uh, Bloodsport 2 or 3. Yeah, I think it's a third one because it's called like the Dark Kumite or something, or maybe it's the second one. Uh, uh, the, the tag- watch his shit. No, no, th- no, the tagline for it's something about something like something like the rule. The rule for this kumite, there are no rules. It's basically it's almost. Oh, a- mean, there was no rules in the first one. <laughs> well, okay, there's ways to win. So the first fight happens. I don't well, know. There's no rules. Then how do you claim? No, the yeah, that's what I'm telling. The rules this time are there are no rules. Well, you just fucking go to like homeboy's dead. Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah, it's blood sport too. The next kumite. Yeah. And then the third what one, the third one. Then this the, fucker on the that guy is the star of the next three blood sports. Apparently, Jackson shows up in the second one, but yeah. So I found that very funny. Yeah, no, it looks like Jackson's there. So I'm gonna. So I felt like I had pretty good commentary what on these this fights. Movie? Um, well, shitty enough to they're all direct to video. Well, it's a four point eight out of ten on IMDb. So the fight happens. I didn't get the first two guys up names and the manager dude. This is where he's telling about the three ways to win. Um, there's some blood and some cool slow motion stuff. Some nice cinematography. I'm like, all right, that's cool. There's a lot of betting going on too, by the way. A lot oh, of people yeah. shouting, taking papers and shit. Yeah, people betting shit. It's fucking fun to gamble. You love to gamble. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, I shouldn't love to gamble fucker so jackson's up and initially he gets actually kind of slapped around a bit but once he realizes he's bloody he makes he makes angry face and he punches the dude so hard in the nose his nose just explodes with blood and the guy's just knocked out in one hit and i'm like i'm not gonna lie the falcon punch from jackson was pretty awesome so now fuck bro i, I feel like wasting a weekend watching all these blood sport fucking like shit Dude, it's like fucking Undisputed, where that movie had like a fucking different cast, and then like in the next one though, it's like all it's all it spawned off is Boyaka. Anyone that watches these garbage fucking tournament fighter movies. So now John gets a little um Damn fuck. I might have to watch all these like other blood sports to prepare myself for fucking my personal blood sport. So Jean Claude, isn't it your fourth one too? Or third one. It's third. Okay. So Jean-Claude gets a funny little comment where... Fuck, I might have to do a fourth one. Call it the fucking dark. Because <laughs> here's the thing with this third one. It's like, yeah, I don't think I can make the next year work. I feel like this could be the last one. But I'm like, well, fuck, I have to do the fourth one. I call it the dark Kubite. At that, at that point, <laughs> shit. 
So Jean-Claude gets a funny little comment when Jackson sits back down where he's like, hey, what took you so long to win? So that was funny. So now Chong Lee is up. Now, this guy is noteworthy, audience, because he's the current champion. And they specify not only has this dude never lost, last time he fought, he killed a guy. And I thought to myself, yeah. I wrote here in my notes, I'm like, yo, that kind of looks like Bolo from Enter the Dragon. It is Bolo. No, I know. It was a joke. Yeah, now you learn now. So the jobber, he gets stacked up against. It's kind of funny because Chong assumes... Right, you know, he, yeah, he, he assumes like a combat pose. Yeah, and he faces some Bruce Lee knockoff. Does yeah. the classic Bruce Lee flex his fucking lats? Yeah. And shit is like, all right, I guess this is an homage to Bruce Lee. And it's like, yeah, no, Bruce Lee don't mean shit here, baby. Chong Lee's the badass here. And he's pretty nonchalant and chill about it. Like, the other guy's doing these big martial arts poses and shit. But what happens is the yeah, guy... Is the po- yeah, the excessive poses, but yeah. Chong Lee's just like, I'm gonna fuck you up. My favorite thing about martial arts people are the ones that try to claim that Bruce Lee was a hack when it's like... No, he wasn't. There's some things he was like, oh, no, there's also like supposedly judo Jean LaBelle's what Bruce Lee's ass. Apparently, but, you know, and then, you know, he always talked to, you know, people are just like, why well, is he got to do all the posing and all the and all the noises? And Bruce Lee and I and Bruce Lee always says something like, oh, you're exerting your energy or whatever. But I'm going to be honest. I think he was just doing it to look cool. Yeah. But well, anyway. you need to make, make it somewhat cinematic for the movie. Shit. Wah! I mean, Luke Kang from Mortal Kombat's just Bruce Lee, bro. <laughs> There's a lot of no. There's just an archetype in fighting games of the yeah, Bruce yeah, Lee yeah. archetype. The Bruce Lee, yeah. So anyway, so yeah. There's a point where he throws a kick, then he gets blocked, gets smacked around a bit, but then throws a punch, then counters. Then he gets spun around and knocked out with a sleeper hold. I'm like, okay, th- this Chong Lee guy's impressive, but then so keep in mind the other guy's beat. He's limp. He's not moving. Bo- uh, Chong Lee just snaps his neck for no reason. Yeah, it's like that. No, he didn't snap his neck. I think he just fucking smacked his dome, knocking him out. Oh, I thought he snapped his neck because the guy like doesn't move. Well, anyway, after he does that, um, this the guy like and he it's destroys fun- him. Yeah, and then and then freaking now it's fucking JCVD's turn. Oh, he's facing Hassan. And important to note, he beats he wins that fight in fourteen seconds. Four, I thought it was twelve. No, it was fourteen. So now it's John's time to fight, and um, and this and I wrote here. I said it's almost four. It's exact, almost exactly forty-one minutes into this movie, and John Claw can finally fight. Yeah, he finally fights, and he beats Chong Lee records, and Chong Lee is like, oh, oh. yeah, he he okay, beats he knocks sassy him out. bitch. <laughs> Sassy bitch. Either way, he knocked out freaking Hassan's gold tooth and the fucking schmuck janitor there yeah. that's cleaning up the blood goes. He grabs the tooth, he bites on the tooth, and he's like, yep, baby, that's gold. I'm pocketing this, bitch. <laughs> now we get the Stambush banger, baby. Now it's time for a montage of the tournament as we just see, yeah, just a fucking highlights of various fighting. I just found It's pretty it- entertaining. Yeah. I found it funny though uh, in the match against Hussein. I found it funny how John Claude. Did you watch it? He basically gives him a fucking Judas effect to knock yeah. him out. But yeah, <clears throat> it's a montage of uh, fights between some jobbers and then obviously our main guys. The action's pretty good. Uh, obviously, the best choreography is reserved for whenever John Claude's on screen. Um, nothing to complain about. I do want to point out here. Remember how I told you there was the African American fellow who was chopping coconuts? Yeah, he gets a mastery in this montage. And did you remember what he looked like fighting? He was almost on all fours, jumping around and rolling like a goddamn yeah. monkey. Now, yo, monkey style. 
I know you could probably argue that he was doing some kind of Greco-Roman, but no, that's not what it was. I just hope he got a good paycheck. What? Well, yeah, because Greco-Roman, you ever see them? They always like move around like that, you know? Oh, uh, what? Greco-Roman? Yeah, like when... You remember the Hercules boss fight in God of War 3 when he starts like shuffling around like that? That's like Greco-Roman style. That's not Greco-Roman style. Greco-Roman wrestling is not like that. Well, then what is it? The, what the homies doing or what Greco-Roman is? What Greco-Roman is. Well, one, they're not crawling on all floor, on all fours. No, no, I mean like when they're like evading and shit, not like when they're actually what? like wrestling. That's not Greco-Roman. Oh, whatever. There's no invading because you got to engage. Got your engagement right here. So Yeah, you can engage uh, these nuts. So also, the hype-ass song Fight to Survive is playing. And that's yeah, awesome. the Stan Bush banger. So here's the funny. There's a funny part where um, we cut to Forrest Whitaker and the old homie. They're munching yeah. off food, and Forrest fails to use chopsticks. Yeah, I don't know if that was on purpose or if that was, or if that was just a part of the script. But it's not. Ha ha! Dumb American man can't work chopsticks. Lol. So the policeman comes up to him. He's like, "Hey, you know that Frank guy." Um, He's staying at this pretty bitchin' hotel. Yeah, and then literally as soon as he says that, they get up from the table, they walk away. We cut to them walking up to Frank. We don't even cut to them walking into the hotel and looking for him. No, they just walk up to Jean-Claude. Yeah, and they're instead of like, hey, we gotta take you back. You're too much of a valuable it's asset like, oh, to shit, the American. It's like, oh shit, it's the government. Yeah, you're too much of a valuable asset. Yeah, <laughs> we got the IRS coming in. It's like, yeah, we're here to collect the tax that is Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah, Get right. us that, bitch. And it says like, hey, either we take it easy, we're going to do this the easy or the hard way because they threaten them with tasers. These big fat tasers. Yeah, but then Jackson tackles them and then JCVD then makes an escape. Then we get a Scooby-Doo chase through Hong Kong. This was literally a Scooby-Doo chase scene. And I also want to point out, I mean, you know, they do all this stuff. They go through a fruit market. They go through town. I want to point out, John Clive Van Damme, who is in incredible shape here, is running away from an, from a man that looks like he's in his 50s and Forrest Witcher Taker, who is not a fat guy, but a thick guy. Homie, Every they're time. Not- they're not the fit, they're not the fitness specimen that is Jean Claude Van Damme. Every time though, it cuts to a new scene of him running away from them. They're always right behind him. They're right behind I'm like, him. there is no way you fat fox kept up with him. Hey, well, they're not fat. Hey, when you're adrenaline and you're the IRS trying to take the fucking taxpayers' money, <laughs> nothing's stopping you, bro. I don't think I don't think Jean Claude Van Damme is a type of currency. I don't know, but I'm sure Jean Claude Van Damme is a try to evade taxes. So there's this really cool like song that's going on, and it actually you want I'll talk about Scooby Doo. It ends with a fucking comedic pratfall where where yeah, pratfall where into jo- the water. Yeah, where John Claude like, like hops across boats. Yep, and, and they try to follow him, and literally with the big arm waving, and when they fall, the big leg up in the air. I'm like, this was a whole different movie for two minutes. Yep. So so now John Claude Van Damme's on a hot day with the blonde yeah, reporter. What the fuck? I'm sorry. It's just, it's really jarring. Cause Are you good, bro? It's, no, because... Homie, you know they this have movie was terrible. Scene with him. They have one scene together, and they're at a romantic, candlelit wine dinner. Homie, you can have a first date at a nice restaurant. Actually, this is technically their second date, because they went on a nice walking date. Now they're at a fucking restaurant date. Listen... I know I shouldn't Homie. take the movie seriously, but don't you think that that's kind of rushed pacing? No, it's not. <laughs> Homie, it's a second date. My second date with my like girlfriend was like a fucking nice dinner date. Yeah, but with like wine and a view of the city. Well, what's stopping you from doing that? 
I, you can have a what? You feel like we're on two different trains of thought, homie. Here. You could go on a second date with the fucking oceanside view with the fucking wine and shit, homie. You could go do that alone. Nothing's stopping you, right? You could be the lone bastard right, in the be, fancy yeah, restaurant yeah. with the fucking wine oh, yeah. and shit. Oh yeah, because because I love my wine. Well, I'm just saying, you personally could do that. And this is technically their second date. I think it works. Whatever. She's trying to talk to him about the fucking Kumite. Oh, yeah, back to the movie, guys. And literally, literally, this is the whole scene. She's like, talk to me about the Kumite. He's like, no. No. She's like, but John. He's like, no. no. But John, but like, no. But then, no. Sedu- but then more seductively, she's like, but John. But John. And she's like, we have all night. And then we literally cut to the next morning. She's waking up in bed. We see Jean-Claude and his very sculpted ass putting on his underwear because, yeah, they totally boned you guys. They totally boned you guys. Like, seriously, Jean-Claude has a nice ass. Mm-hmm. Like, can I say that? Because he looked like he was chiseled out of Let me tell bronze you, marble. Well, here's the fucking meme about Jean-Claude and some of these movies and shit. Yeah. There's a lot of times he's like, see, I'm... You can say I'm a sex icon, so I I should be able to show my I must show my butt at least in one scene in every movie I do, or at least my abs. Fucking Frenchman. So uh, he's Belgian. <laughs> well, Belgian France. Oh yeah, that is France. What the yeah. fuck am I talking? Well, it's different enough yeah, to how where. Much I, yeah, I yeah, like I can tell you <laughs> fucking geography. Well, it's different enough to where it does warrant distinction. His so, booty. Belgian in France. Whatever, back to the movie. Back to the movie. Fucking. So then I was laughing this whole time because I, because it was just kind of funny. You see his ass, puts his underwear on, then he gets in the bed, and they're like, you know, making like big, woeful, like romantic eye contact. Hey, yo, yo, the sex didn't suck. Yeah. Also, he is for, French. We also forgot to fucking mention at the dinner. She mentioned about Forrest Whitaker and the old homie. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's then like, she was like, hey, I, I still want to at least get to know you more personal if I can't learn about the Kumite. Yeah. And then John Claude was like, bow, chicka, bow, wow, chicka, bow, wow. Either way, John Claude arrives late because he was fucking dicking down like blonde lady. Because he was fucking fucking. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the promoter's all worried. He's like, Frank, where you been? What's going on? You almost are late. And then we see Jackson try to do his dem mock. And then he's like, only breaks the top brick, but then he grabs another brick and smashes over his head. He's like, yeah, that's still impressive, right? It's like, eh, whatever, dude. Well, oh, <laughs> hey, look, the blonde lady's here. She snuck in. She's like a hot, like, arm piece hot date for a business, bro. And then she says hi to JCVD. And she's like, ain't the first time I went undercover yeah, to, like, get a story. Because there's, the there's a time when John and his ass leaves. You see it looks like she's getting out of bed to almost, like, follow. But somehow she beats him to the kumite. Yeah, what the fuck is John claude Yeah, why the fuck you arriving late? Unless it's like, <laughs> homie, the slum labyrinth is confusing, okay? It does look very confusing. I would get lost. So, yeah, she's undercover, you guys. And now the real fights start. I mean, okay, the last ones were real fights, but this is like, this is semifinals. Yeah, the semifinals, there's a little bit more to these fights. And I wrote and I wrote here because, and I wrote here, these aren't the real fights or anything because of raised stakes necessarily, but because at this point, I'm thinking to myself, we're 53 minutes into this movie, the action's been okay, but it's got to get better, right? So, there's a match between this kickboxer bro and this southern martial arts dude, the kickboxer kicks his ass. It's whatever. Nothing. Yeah, I just read that a Muay Thai homie beats up a Kung Fu bro. Then we see JCVD beat up a fool with literally just fucking kicks. Yeah, he just, he literally, I wrote I here. he only used one leg. I wrote here, he literally kicks the crap out of him. Yeah, that's all he does. 
Chong gets hit a few times by this dude that looks like he's trying to do a mock off of yeah, Muhammad that, Ali. Yeah, but he just grabs his leg and breaks it. Yeah. More of JCVD and his pretty kicks. I did note something here. Uh, some st- nice storytelling. I think I feel like they're doing with the choreography of this movie. Is you could tell like Chong Lee is absolutely just toying with everybody. He's taking no one seriously. He's nonchalant, and I was just I was just knowing He's that badass, the build up to him confronting John Claude is really really good. So either way, we see now Chong Lee manhandle another bro. Yeah. Then we see two do two kung fu dudes doing kung fu. <laughs> we see JCV be yeah, a say. tall dude. Like yeah. literally, we just see a tall dude. He's just mad dogging him, and then he just like one kicks him, and he's just dropped. Yeah, and it's funny because they give it this like this kind of longish buildup of them staring each other down, camera pants. But then all of a sudden, it's like that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indiana Jones just shoots that guy. Yeah, except John Claude just kicks this dude in the face, and he just falls out so in a character that was established in the whacking training montages in the beginning of the movie just like a total side character is the sumo wrestler yeah who i dubbed him as e honda most likely <laughs> e honda was inspired by this dude he takes on a capoeira food dude and then freaking e honda beats him by bear hugging him yeah i wrote here i wrote here i'm over here he pulls a bane and cracks his back in yeah. half we also see another Chongli massacre yeah like seriously when he fights he's and he's making these like big great like ah just faces it's all every time he's on screen it's awesome yeah Chong Lee fucking rules that's why i was like dude i'm not gonna call him bolo like Chong Lee is actually awesome enough to actually dub Chong oh no Lee. for sure i i agree with but now you. we see jcvd versus e honda you know what's crazy enter the dragon came out 20 years before this movie he looked great for 20 years after the bruce lee movie yeah so yeah now, uh, John Claude fights E Honda. Yeah, JC like kissing John Claude took off his shirt, so you know he means business for this one. There was a funny part where uh, John Claude tries to kick him, and he's doing the splits, and he gets kind of dragged across the ring. That was funny. Then he gets a bear hug on John, but he breaks out of it by just hitting him in the face with his own head. Yeah, just head butts him out. He does a palm strike to the rib cage. He does the Dimock to the <laughs> stomach. But what really yeah. stops is he. Pops it to the splits and does a cock punch. Yeah. Now I've actually seen this scene on the internet because yeah, he he like <laughs> he almost does a dusty, but instead of you know, it's in the cock. Yeah, it's I'm great. Like, I wrote down like, bro, is that cheating? But I'm like, I think you can kick people. I in rewound the dick that. And blood sport. I, I rewound that bit like eight times. What, it you, was awesome. You want that the thumbnail him split doing the splits and punching some dude in the dick? I actually took some pictures of potential thumbnails. I'm sure you'll find a better one, but that wouldn't be a bad one. Yeah. So now the so now Chong Lee's getting pissed off because the crowd is starting to chant for JCVD. Yeah, because JCVD is like sick and he uses pretty kicks and he's got abs. Like, does he punch anyone in the movie? No, no. Like legit, serious question. I, I think he only kicks. I had to write notes. I wasn't paying attention to like if he actually uses his arms. So, so either way, yeah, we yeah. see Jackson versus Chong Lee. And it's like all Jackson was is the Frank character to establish a fucking revenge for JCVD. Oh yeah, you could tell. And John and JCVD's trying to give him some advice. He's like, he's weak in the gut. Stay away from his right leg. Yeah, avoid his right leg. But Jackson's like, nah, I'm a tank. I got this. And I wrote here, I'm like, keep in mind, we have it has been established, and Jackson knows this that he has murdered a man. So it's like, but he's just like, I got this. Yeah, like try, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, Jackson thinks he's badass. So like they fight. 
Jackson's able to fucking like I can't remember Chong Lee just no I think it was the first time we saw Jackson fight where he just like takes punches and yeah. then he starts bleeding and then he does something but this time he actually kind of overwhelms Chong Lee yeah he uh, knocks Chong Lee yeah he tro- he knocks him down at first and he and he like uh, dazes him with like an axe handle smash over the head and he even has him bleeding but then. This fucking dumbass. He's like, yeah, dude, I fucking whipped Chong Lee's ass. Yeah, and then Chong Lee's just He casually. turns his back on him. He's trying to show me like, yeah, Jackson. Ja-. I'm like, you fucking asshole. So you Lee, are going to get your shit kicked. He's like, well, he deserves to get his shit yeah, kicked Yeah, after for that. that, I'm like, you fucking deserve this ass well, yeah, kicking. I knocked him down once, dude. My match is over. Hell yeah, I beat the fucking champion, Chong Lee. <laughs> but then Chong Lee just I'm comes up. I'm the best up. at the kumite. Yeah, but then Chong Lee just pops up. He's like, all right. I'm going to just start whipping his ass. And he whips his ass into Sunday and Monday. And then fucking... And it ends up... What ends the fight is that he jumps and fucking stomps on his dome. It's like, you know you know what it kind of reminds me of is when... um It actually kind of reminds me of... Remember when uh, remember when Bruce Lee kills O'Hara in Aaron the Dragon where he jumps up and like does that? Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. It's basically that. But then fucking you just see like... Like JCVD's trying to go in, trying to prevent his friend getting hurt, but it's like, no, you can't. You yeah, you get gets held out. back. Yeah, yeah, and then fucking Chong Lee grabs fucking Jackson's like Harley Davis like headband <laughs> as a trophy of defeat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, you just see him just vowing at JCVD is like, you're next. That's what he says. You're next. Like, what is this, Goldberg? So I actually thought Jackson was dead because he, like, he stomps on him and blood comes out of his mouth. He's not. We wake up. He wakes up in the hospital. And he's like, yeah, dude, your head's, like, built like a rock, bro. And I wrote here. If anyone else, they would have died. And I wrote here, this is the first time in the movie that they named the journalist. Her name is Janice. The movie is, like, 25 minutes from being over. And this is the only time, this is the first time they've said her name. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, so yeah, he he, he can't even talk right now, uh, Jackson, because he's beat up. So yeah, John's he's a, like, he's, he's, he's just, he, he's crashed out. He just needs to, he needs to sleep it off. John's like, don't worry. I'll get back at him. I yeah, promise. But also the reporter, like, yeah, we did mention she was there and they did cut to her watching like the gruesome. Tra- yeah, yeah. She just freaks Chong out. Lee just masquering people and she's like. No, JCVD, your dick's too good to fucking get injured. <laughs> I do not want you to fight Chong Lee. I do not want you. This is barbaric. Why would you do this? And they're like arguing. JCVD's like, why do you want to become the reporter? She's you want to be the best reporter. I want to be the best fighter. I want to show my master that I wanted him to teach me to, pr- to prove that I could carry his legacy. And she's like, that's dumb. She's <laughs> you're like, you got dick. She's like, well, that's just, this is how she says it. Well, that's just great. You go ahead and get yourself killed. I don't think she said that last part, but she, think, yeah. she did say that. She says, well, that's just great. She sounds like my fucking grandma. And then JCVD just like goes off. He tries has to chill. Because you see, you missed the part where having a Belgian man save you from a Middle Eastern stereotype was the hottest shit she'd ever seen. So yeah, she's like, that ass too good to get whipped at the Kumite. Please, no, don't die. Dude, don't Ch- die to Bolo. Yeah, dude, Chong Lee's hella badass. He's going to whip your ass. I, I don't believe you that bad. And, have you and then the promoter, yeah. like, they have an argument, and the promoter's like, dude, you need to chill and have a clear head. You're That's what gonna- he says, yeah. You're not going to be, be like freaking, you're not going to be freaking Chong Lee if you're going to be like this. Either way, then we get cut to the reporter. She's going to the cops to stop the Kumite. Yeah, what the fuck? She's like, I know where it is, guys, and I don't want my piece of ass getting his ass whipped. I'm like, okay, hold on. 
when I'm watching this part, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. She shows up and she's able to finally get into the underground crime fighting thing or whatever that she'd been trying to get into the whole movie. She does that. And then what does she do? What happens? She's like, well, literally, my new boyfriend won't drop out of the kumite, so I'm going to go to the police. I'm going to go to the cop. I'm like, dude, what a total white lady Karen move. That's what I wrote. <laughs> oh, my God. Where, what did I Where did I write? What did I write? Hold on. Hold on. So he's done being sad. Tournament. Rest. Uh, I forgot what I said. Oh, here we go. I wrote here. I said, <laughs> I wrote here. I said, what a white American. <laughs> dude, she just pulled a white lady Karen move. Either way, we see JCVD on a sad bus ride. With sad ballad Stan Bush music playing over. This was selling the this was like the funniest part of the movie. Cause they're playing this like a breakup. I'm gonna be honest. I almost felt like Homie was more sad for Jackson. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, he's into Janice. Homie, did Jackson look like he had friends before this? <laughs> I think Jackson was his one friend. It's like I guess when you're a valuable asset to the American military, you don't you get- gotta take them as good you gotta take them when you can get them. Yeah, when you're a valuable asset to the American military, at you're the not end of allowed the, to have friends. At the end of the sad boy montage, which does include while he's on the bus, he sees Chong Lee like grimacing at him in a reflection. And he turns over and it's just some old dude in the bus. He's like, fuck. But then it ends with him at like a temple yeah, no, doing he's on, the splits and meditating. Homie, he's on a sky on a skyscraper balcony yeah. doing the splits katas, looking over the bay of Hong Kong. Then we see JCVD. He's walking through the slum labyrinth. He's going to the arena. But uh uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. He runs into Forrest Whitaker and the old homie. Yeah, and literally... Did we mention Forrest Whitaker's in this movie? Hey, guys, fun fact about this movie, Forrest Whitaker's in it. So either way, then they like sick Hong Kong's finest police force on him, but they all fail. four fucking people. Yeah, four people. Two of them come out of him out of him out of like at him. door at him out of doors he beats him up then he beats he gets, all their asses gets to the door two more guys come around the corner and like Forrest Whitaker has the uh has the has taser the, has the taser out so John claude grabs a random trash can lid he deflects it the, when he shoots the taser bounces off of of the thing and hits the other two guys I'm like I'm like wow nice fucking military yeah so then Forrest Whitaker realizes so yeah he's a he's the American government's most valuable asset yeah and he just did his thing realizing oh yeah he's our like valuable asset I don't think we can really stop him so you guys remember how throughout the whole movie these guys were like hey we need to find Frank Dukes because he's a valuable asset to the military I guess this motherfucker's just big boss to them and they're like, you have to come with us. They were going to tase him twice at one point, and they almost kicked his friend's ass. They chased him through the streets of Hong Kong. Now, Forrest Whitaker is literally like, you're coming with us, Frank. And friend, old man dude, literally says, <laughs> he says, okay, Frank, you win. But it's a mistake what you're doing. Be it, meet us at the airport tomorrow. And and Frank's like, I will meet you at the airport tomorrow. So, I'm like, what the fuck? So the homie that was at the fucking um, the registration sitting there going, hey, where's John-Claude Dam? To promote her homie, he's like, he's going to be here soon. Just give a little bit more time. We've been waiting long enough. We're going to start. And if he's not here, he's disqualified. Then we got one homie that's like a big fan for Jean-Claude. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Here, take some money. But then John claude pops up and then he takes, he takes the, mo- the money back. And then, and then like, friggin'. 
But we also see Forrest Whitaker and the old homie and the reporter lady all pop in to watch finals. Oh, yeah. Also, reporter lady was there, too. Oh, when friggin' Jean-Claude Van Damme was whipping ass on China on Hong Kong's finest. Oh, about that, by the way, you remember how they point, remember how earlier in the movie they make it a point to the agents being like, hey, we hear he's at the Kumite and the military dude is, the police dude's like, hmm, well, I want to stop the Kumite. Yeah, after Jean-Claude whips Hong Kong's finest, that plot point doesn't get brought up again. I guess he just gave up. So, yeah. <laughs> they kind of just did. It's like, well, we kind of just gave up. Either way, now it's time for the finals, and yeah. we see Jean-Claude Van Damme versus fucking the Muay Thai bro. A guy named Paco. Paco, the Muay Thai bro. And the Muay Thai bro knocks down JCVD at first. Yeah, he initially gets taken by surprise with a surprise yeah. left or whatever. Yeah, but then JCVD then re- freaking regains his composure and does a sick kata friggin' abs of steel as he no-sells kicks to the sternum, and then he just whips Muay Thai there's bro's a part, ass. There's a part. This felt like a New Japan match, except the New Japan had been chops. They're just kicking the shit. You're like, like, John kicks, Paco kicks, and kick, 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 back and forth. You can actually, like, see the sweat flying off them. That's awesome. Yeah, but the and Muay Thai ends, bro was not prepared for John claudes like, legs of steel. Yeah, John claude pulls a fucking uh, Paul Newman, I think it was, in Roadhouse, and Roundhouse kicks the guy in the face, and the fight ends. The whole time, by the way, Chong Lee is staring deep into Jean-Claude Van Damme's souls. They've got the biggest hate boner, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Now it's Chong Lee versus some kung fu schmuck, and he dominates him, and then literally wins with a Mortal Kombat fatality. Yeah. Like, literally, he's dead. Yeah. And the whole crowd stops and pays their respects to the dead homie. Yeah. Shout out to the dead homie. And then as everyone... died at the hands of Chong Lee. But but Chong Lee doesn't give a shit about your customs. He literally, when everyone turns their back to him and they observe the dead, he turns to Frank and goes, you're next. <sighs> so well, now it's time for the finale. Yeah. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme versus the homie Chong Lee. And they've also set up the ring all double slanted. It used to be a flat yeah. ring, but now on either end, they're all slanted up. They have to fucking fuck your equilibrium. Yeah, it's more, uh, it's longer now. It's not as wide and there's sand everywhere. Yeah, they're ready because this is the final of the Kumite. The final Kumite. The final, ku- the finals of the Did Kumite. Did you notice in this movie that uh, they made a point to show that the flashy, gimmicky, quote-unquote, martial art combat styles, they all got the shit kicked out of them. But Jackson, except for when he got you know beat up by Chong, who's just big and strong, and then John claude Well, Jackson and, fucking lost because he was a dumbass. Because he was a dumbass, yeah. But then, but you got Chong Lee, who's like, you know, and then John claude Van Damme, who are these, quote-unquote, real martial artists. I just thought that was funny. They went out of their way to be like, yeah, fuck these gimmicky guys. They all got destroyed. So now it's time for the match. And the judges, I guess, or oh wait, no, sorry, I'm still ahead. So either way, Chong Lee then stuffs something yeah. in his trunks because yeah, I'm it looks like, like a oh. pill. It all it was like shenanigans. And we see that he's sorry. And then we see Chong Lee. He tie he ties the Harley bandana from friggin' Jackson onto his leg. Like the disrespect. Dog. And I'm like, yep. Now it's time for the final fight because then Chong Lee goes, "You break my record, I'll break you. Now like, I break you. Like I break your friend." Yeah, that's right. I forgot he's anyway, I think I feel like I did that good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Hell yeah. Remember in high school, you always used to be like, yo, I'm Bolo in the making. Yo, I'm Bolo in the making was popping. And then the battles. Yeah, dude. And now the battle. Slamming iron. Now the battle's on. John catches him off quick, uh, quick off guard with a kick to the face and a dive kick. Like, he literally does a dive kick. Just a sick kick to the 
space, bro. And then there's a lot of like hard hits and sick flips going on. Gotta give credit where it's due. John Claude here looks really legit. Like he looks like he doesn't just look like a tough guy. This dude looks like, dude, this guy's a sick martial artist. Um, and I wrote here, he's totally Bruce Lean at this point with all the dramatic poses and all the facials and noises he's doing. Then we see Chon take that pill from earlier in the fight. He crushes it up and throws it into Yeah, he uh, fucking his pocket eyes. sands JCVD. Total Dale from King of the Hill. <laughs> ah, pocket sand. I was going to say Mr. Fuji's him, but yes, that too. He throws it right in the Frank's Dale's eyes. Dale's funnier. Dale is funnier. So it looks like at first it doesn't affect him, but then afterwards his vision gets very blurry. And then Chong starts to kick the crap out of John. Yeah, because he's fucking blinded. Yeah. And every hit that, yeah, that he's Chong... Yeah, he's whipping his ass up and down the fucking ring, just throwing him around. And can I just say, there is so much egregious slow-mo during this bit. Well, yeah. like every for Like every movement and kick, it's all in slow-mo. It's all in slow-mo. So either way, then we see JCVD. He has a moment where he starts crisis screaming. He's just going, ah, ah. Ah. And then he starts doing a beast roar, just going, ah, ah. And then he goes like, I'm in tranquility. Because then Jean-Claude remembers, hey, I could make a full-course team meal blindfolded. Yeah, he goes tranquilo. Yeah, and then he starts whipping ass again. Yeah. And then Charlie is like, homie's blind, what the fuck? No, you can't see me. But either way, then we see the fucking goofy like windmill spit and like oh fucking God, windmill yeah. kicking thing. Then he jump splits into a legit tornado kick. Yeah, right, right. He 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 did a split kick like he was a freaking like a buff Belgian David Lee Roth. Yeah, he does a sick fucking giant splits kicks on fucking Chong Lee. At one point, I wrote here in my notes. Seriously, there's a lot of fucking kicks here, dude. Oh, it's fucking JCVD. What you suspect? There's a part where he knocks him down, but it sounds that, like you never watched a JCVD movie before. So there's a part where he knocks down Chon Lee, but that's not enough for Frank. He's not just gonna knock him out. He like grabs him by the neck and does some shit, and he's like, "Say it, say, say it. it!" And Chon goes, "Mate, mate," and everyone's like, "Woo!" It's like, "Yeah, go JCVD." So JCVD won, and, and then what is his prize? He wants a fucking sword. I'd be so pissed. Like no well, cash, like, no cash prize. I'm like, well, I'm sitting there like, is the movie actually doing a fucking callback from earlier? I guess because because rem- remember, uh, Tanaka's like, you don't just take a katana. It's very you have to work for it. You have to work it and you have to earn it. Well, I guess he earned one, as he is told. So Jean Claude Van Damme, you have fought with inspiration, and thus you have won a sword. Anything else you want to say with the celebration, or do you want to get into Jackson? Who's just hanging it's out just in the kinda, hospital? It's just kind of funny because I didn't really think about it at the time. I'm just like, yeah, he his best friend got kicked, a dude died, and all he has to show for it is a sword. So now they're in the it's hospital. Basically, a trophy. Like, what else do you suspect? So now it's they're a metal in the trophy. So now they're a sword. The, so now a sword. A sword. So now they're in the hospital with Jackson. He's like, hey, so you really kicked this guy? This guy's yeah, ass. Yeah, slam him. Yeah, he's just sitting there slamming a beer, and he gets the news that you got JCBD one, and he's sitting there like, so yeah, how do you not? So yeah, you knocked him out. I was like, nah. He made him say Mate. Oh, bro, you made him say Uncle the way. <laughs> and they're sitting there like, hey, but next time, if I'm catching the ring, I don't think you get I don't think you get me. And he's like, sure. And then they get uh and then they get a uh, then they get like uh they do the thing where they clasp hands like bros and then Sean, I think they're total bros. And then John leans close to him and he says, 
Love you, my friend. And kisses the side of his head. And Jackson goes, same here, man. Same you here. Need, you need me anytime, any place, anywhere. I'll be there. Oh, I wrote yeah. here, I'm like, this is a better love story than the actual love story. So either way, we see Forrest and the old homie. They're waiting at the plane. And you're like, where the fuck is Jean-Claude Van Damme? But then Jean- He fucking lied to us. He's not showing up. He's staying at Hong Kong. But then Jean-Claude already on the plane. Yo, what's up, guys? You, you guys at? are late. And he's like... Fuck this guy. <laughs> but then we see the blonde... Really, we just, you just see Forrest Whitaker take her to old homie. He's like, fuck this guy. So then Janice shows fuck up. her job. We don't see her get yeah, on the... Janice. Yeah, Janice. I'd still call her blonde reporter lady because I never caught her fucking name. They said her name 50 minutes or more into the film. Either way, we see her say her, bye, her, her like goodbyes to Jean-Claude on the opposite of the strip doing a cringe bow. Yeah. Then we see the credits roll with the opening credits saying, this motion picture was based on the life of Frank Ducks. I'm like, what? Yeah, the life of Frank Dukes. And then some facts I'm telling you right now, it's all bullshit. You know what's funny about that? I went on the guy's Wikipedia page because the guy has a Wikipedia page because I'm like, this is based on a true story. What the shit? So I looked into it. The whole Wikipedia page is it doesn't say it outright because they can't. It's Wikipedia. But Wikipedia is almost saying word for word, hey, this guy might be completely full of shit. <laughs> they don't just say they they use words, they use phrases like changed his story. He refutes this. There's a part where there's a part in the thing where they're like, hey, so how come your military record says this when you said you did this? And he goes, the military sabotaged my record. <laughs> I don't know why they did that, but they sabotaged my record. Yeah, I think uh, the real life Frank Ducks is uh, kind of full of shit. Because literally he paints himself up like he's like Frank in the movie, like he's a big boss. He's a valuable asset to the military, but he went to uh, Japan and met a guy named Tanaka who trained him in the way of ninja. It's like a ninjutsu. A ninjutsu. Oh my God, that's fucking right. At least in the movie, it was actually, it was martial arts. And the the real Frank Dukes, he's like, no, no, no. I learned how to be a ninja. And he opened martial arts schools apparently here in America. Well, he was able to get a movie, so. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's the movie, everybody. What'd you think of this movie? It's fine. Over They Live. Oh. Well, well They Live is a better movie. But this movie still has a lot of entertainment. I didn't love it. Um, I'm sure John claude has better movies. Maybe. Right? What would you say? Sorry, I'm like trying to like not shit myself. It's an all right movie, everybody. Next, it's week, a fun movie. Next week, I'm saying once the fighting gets in and the Stan Bush music, I'm like, here's the thing. There's been worse fighting and oh, worse yeah. canon movies. We've seen worse from both actually, because I've seen Superman four. That's probably not even their worst one. I'm sure there's worse ones, but yeah, good movie. Next week we'll be back with Black Album and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's your listen. Judgment Day. I gotta take a shit. So listeners, this is the Triple D Radio Show with your boys James and Edward. Hope you all have a good one. We're the best. Did I gonna say adios? Yeah, adios. Shit. Sorry. Bye. <laughs>